0: Nobody's closing
1: me out of my business. Mo Facts with Adam Curry for June 20th, 2020. This is episode number 41 with a world in chaos <laughs> or whatever we're seeing on social media and TV. Mo, how you doing? i doing pretty good, Adam. How about you still? Yeah, it's been nuts. It's, uh, you know, I'm happy to be alive at this moment in history, happy to know what I know, happy to have been doing this show for now. Well, this is our, we've done 40 episodes so far. Uh, I feel uh, that I am looking at the world somewhat different than the rest of the people in it. Or at least of the people I know in it. So, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I am uh, very appreciative of the work that we've been doing for the past. Uh, shoot, man, we're coming up on a year, aren't we? No, not I yet.
2: Think right, uh, no, I think no, we got a little sep- more. Uh, we got more. August, than that. I think August to September, I think it was uh, w- when we hit a year.
1: Gosh, man, But he, it's gone by. It's gone <laughs> by so quick. It's like, yeah, this new little podcast I've been doing. No, no, no. Episode 41, man, it's great.
2: The months fly by, but the days are long, ah, if that makes any sense. That's a
1: very good way of putting it. And this is, of course, a value for value program and production, which means uh, you produce it as much as we do um you are producers you help us out in so many ways um believe me the notes the feedback the thoughts the ideas the podcasts to listen to the experiences it is all incredibly appreciated and folded into every single episode each and every time and uh, as usual i have not uh, i have not uh, looked at anything mo was sent over but uh, if you don't mind i'll uh, roll out the wheel and uh, see how uh, see what we're going to do today is that... Spin that wheel, Adam. All right. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, it is the big wheel of topics. We spin it around and around. and around. Where it starts, nobody knows, well except Mo actually does know. Let's find out what today's topic is for episode number forty-one of Mofax with Adam Curry. Thug life hit me like the Holy Ghost. I got to hear that one again. I got I got to make <laughs> sure. I got to make sure I know what I'm hearing here. Hold on a second. What was this? Thug life hit me like the Holy Ghost what hit him sunlight thug life oh thug life that's tupac yes got it (laughs) yay i get one credibility point for mtv (laughs) and this is
2: (laughs) this is actually i'm surprised because i think this is the first time ever in the history of the show out of 41 episodes that we'll play some tupac clips which i'm just surprised that he's he hasn't made it On the show so far But I had to bring him in Because Well he's an Incredible part of history uh, Mr. Tupac He's the most Underrated leader Probably In American history And not for his actions But his thoughts Wow A big statement And, And we're gonna We're gonna examine it here In this show Because it'll start to explain what we saw and what we discussed in last week. Ah, okay. Uh, The the thug life mentality is the genesis of the change in policing, which it was the catalyst for what we're seeing now. And actually the second, no, the third wave of the show we talked about last week, just to go down the waves, let's go back just a little bit. The first wave is once uh, uh, the catalyst kicks into place. The first wave is the Black M- black Lives Matter Inc. And I have to say that. Yes,
1: cause- yes. We've, we discussed this, actually. that uh, yeah. Kind of like instead of saying China's responsible for something, we like to say the Chinese Communist Party, who are the actual people responsible. And instead of the all-encompassing Black Lives Matter, which is a really it's beyond a brand now at this point, you know, it's a, Mm -hmm. it's its own entity. Uh, it's much more effective to say black lives matters, Inc, which encompasses all the entities that are a part of the money flow. Yes. And then the Soros funded and the power, power. obviously money flow and the power over or some power over what's happening.
2: And the reason why I say this is they have a parasitic relationship with the larger group, Black Lives Matter is the peaceful protesters. Because if you try to remove them out, it could it like it affects the host. Oh if, if yes. that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah yeah. So they
1: need each other.
2: Right. Um so the first wave when when it like a shooting or a cop killing happens, um, is the boots on the ground, Black Lives Matter ain't. Then the second wave is the um agent provocateurs yep wrecking stuff break which breaks the glass um so, metaphorically right. speaking <laughs> and then the third wave
1: is the criminal element
2: yeah that third wave is
1: the thug life ah okay this is good this is part this is severely under analyzed if yes. ever i would say if ever I think we just kind of breezed over the third wave <laughs> last show, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: But but when I went back and listened, and I've seen what's going on now, we really have to discuss this. So what we need to do is the Thug Life mentality was discussed before on this show, but by another name, and that's the Super Predator.
3: Ah. A jogger murdered in New York
1: Central Park. A little girl gunned down in her family's car in Los Angeles. A judge has sentenced two boys for killing another child who refused to steal candy for them.
3: There's a tidal wave of juvenile violent crime right over the horizon. And some who study it say the worst
4: is yet to come.
5: Life in the 1990s was dominated by a sense that youth violence was out of control. The future looked bleak. To explain why, one word said it all.
3: Super predators.
5: Some social scientists and criminologists looked at the data and saw doom. They stepped out of their ivory towers and into the public arena to sound the alarm about a coming wave of kids who were going to ravage the country.
1: Yeah, well, Well, the super predators I remember from... uh... Hillary Clinton, right? Didn't she use the super predators term in one of her speeches? Her and Joe Biden, and Joe Biden. I mean, yes.
2: a, a, and a lot of politicians at that time. And we're looking at ninety, say ninety two to ninety four. Yes. The, the Bill Clinton that is era. The same rise as Tupac. So we're going to see where these these two terms are talking about the same group of people, but from two different perspectives. Uh, we've talked about super predators on this show. Um, from the political aspect but we never got the voice of the super predator slash the people that have the third life mentality so i want to give them a voice on this show and understand how they got there and how they're being manipulated and used
1: in today's uh happenings that we see okay i'm all ears i'm excited (laughs) i mean i know I, i mean i have background with tupac because of the mtv uh period which you know was uh 87 into 93 so that definitely crossed mm-hmm. over and this was an important time at mtv when we got yo mtv raps i'm pretty sure i don't think tupac was on early with yo mtv raps i think it was more like naughty by nature <laughs> i thought it was pretty pretty tame in the beginning i could be wrong
2: which him and tretch from naughty by nature were really good friends uh-huh so tretch was kind of similar to uh, actually like a A East Coast type of, Tupac in a way. Mm, if mm. You, but he didn't have the celebrity that Tupac had. And to be honest, Tupac was really—I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves—but the reason why Tupac really burst onto the scenes was when he shot those two cops, right? Off-duty cops. Yeah. That's what made him a that, Jesse James, right? Billy that, the that, Kid. That made
1: the Thug Life brand real. Yes. Uh-huh.
2: So let's develop the super predator uh, narrative, and then we'll transition to the 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 synonymous uh, term uh, thug life as well.
1: Okay.
5: Along this stretch of grassy road. One night in early September 1994, when most grade schoolers were getting ready for a new
1: school year, a grisly murder took place. In Chicago, the body of an 11-year-old gang member nicknamed Yummy is found beneath an underpass.
6: Police say Robert was murdered by two members of his own gang, 16-year-old Craig Hardaway and his younger brother.
5: Derek Hardaway was 14 when he and his brother drove to the underpass to kill Robert Sandifer, or Yummy. Sandifer himself had shot and killed a teenage girl before he was murdered. Derek waited in the car while Craig pulled the trigger. I remember the night
3: when things took place. He got a page from a guy named Kenny. I'm not actually sure what he said to my brother, but it
5: was... To kill Robert. Derek and his brother belong to Chicago's Black Disciples gang. Mm-hmm. I've always told to do certain things, even if I didn't want to do it. It was either do what I'm being
7: told or have it done to me.
1: Ah, you know, I, I remember some of this. Little Yummy is a
2: a legend. I think there's a better word for that, but he's notorious, uh, and his reputation because they were basically if if this happened in another country we would call them child soldiers or children soldiers, <laughs> okay. soldiers. right got it because they like like they, um hardaway said they, they were told to do something and we're talking about 12 13 14 year old kids being told to kill or you will be killed right and how does that happen well, if you don't have a father in the house,
1: <laughs> yes. You, Sadly, we go around to that every single time, don't we? You become prey, and this is not a um.
2: Yeah, it's it's just a continuing cycle. Uh, so now you're seeing that now the news is picking up. They have this story. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. But, I
1: just want to interject yes. for people who have not heard some of the earlier episodes. When mm-hmm. we when we roll our eyes and go, "Of course, man," about the house. Those were literal rules that if you want to talk systemic uh, racism, uh, the welfare system uh, historically has made it impossible for a man and a woman married to live in the same house and have jobs without popping just over the welfare um, limit and not making it feasible and thus meaning total poverty or the man has to live somewhere else. Historically, that has happened. That has never really been solved. That issue continues with poverty today.
2: And in one of our earlier episodes, we discussed. that actually had guards coming around, searching under beds, in closets to confirm, and then they locked these kids away into public housings or projects or whatever you want to call them uh, that were similar to a, a jail. I mean, the the, the environment
1: was uh, similar to a jail or a prison. Well, what well was uh, just as a, a quick aside, I was listening to uh, Joe Rogan. He was talking to Brett Weinstein, who mm-hmm. eh, I heard that. Yeah, you know, I'm like, yeah, he says some good and bad. But he also identified. He said that from the from the beginning, from the roots to coin a phrase of slavery, men were separated from the women, and this and this destroys a culture, and and it makes it really and the way the way he took it down the path it was probably like an hour and a half into that interview he says it actually leads to the baby uh, the baby mama culture and and you know if, if if relatively few men are in a lot of demand they're not going to be uh, uh monogamous and uh, and want to be part of a nuclear family and he 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 sees that too and he's like a, a uh, what is he societal biologist or some some odd discipline that he's a professor in and I thought it was and, interesting, and, but he hadn't connected it to all the other stuff that we're talking about. Not yet, at least. And,
2: and this is the perfect example. If you want to point to something that's systemic racism. Yeah. This is it. Yes. It's <laughs> this, the this one. is one it's you could the point one. to yep, for and sure. say, because I'll explain to people, families make communities, communities make cities, cities make states and states make countries. So if you if you destroy it at the very cellular level. level Mm -hmm. you're going to you're going to be i mean you can't build off you can't build off of uh, of off of uh,
1: off of not having the family structure and i'm I'm just going to take a leap and i you tell me if i need the goggles but if mm -hmm. you have a culture and when i say culture i'm talking if you have a entertainment culture that glorifies uh let's just call it i don't know thug life it makes it very very difficult it adds another layer of problems to repairing that nuclear family and this is where we get into the crux of the problem because
2: who's doing the glorifying and we're going to answer that question (laughs) it's not the it's not the creator (laughs) it's the it's 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 part of the plan i believe and this is going to be a very conspiratorial show so but it's solidly based in facts the way i think this thing is happening but I think we stopped at two. Yes. So I think we can get into part three of Super Predator.
5: Even in an era of violent teen killers, Robert Sandifer's murder was big news. The story scared people, says criminologist Barry Chrisberg.
0: This was no longer a Chicago story. This was a story that no matter where you lived, you turned on the evening news and you would hear about this case.
8: By now, nearly all of us know the story of Robert Sandifer. There was a sense that the country writ large was going to hell in a handbasket. No one had a clear idea of what to do. Political
5: scientist John Diulio taught at Princeton University and had done extensive research in prisons studying the criminal justice system. From 1984 to 1994, when Sandifer was killed, teenage homicide rates had more than doubled. Diulio looked at studies that estimated that by 2000, there would be a million more teens between the ages of 14 and 17, and he predicted crime
8: rates would snowball even more you'd have a doubling or a tripling in the rate of youth violence in the in the time between the mid-90s and up to through mid-2000s wow well, the models <laughs>
1: yeah well again uh, i'll just say you know i think i left mtv around 93 started my own company mm-hmm. this was also the beginning of the dot com boom so i i was i was not focused on a lot of what was going on other than uh pets.com and, uh, and 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 you know building stuff uh so very interesting it was probably a, looking like a huge uh time of uh, economic prosperity with the internet and companies and public offerings and craziness going on and meanwhile And your
2: cartels yeah well sure <laughs> saying
1: and meanwhile in the background we had some other stuff happening
2: and we discussed this on our um episode on the crack epidemic Yes. Of the propaganda they, that they use to scare people. And this is this is kind of how we got to the 94 crime bill and the, even the crime bills that came before that. I mean, the, the uh, changing in this disparity of 100 grams to 100 to right.
1: one right. Uh, right. ratio. Yeah, powder versus uh, rock.
2: And to focus on the street level dealer compared to focusing on the kingpin other than other, besides the fact that that. They didn't want to lock themselves up. <laughs> Whoever's making exactly. the laws. Exactly. But now we see this is I wanna make a parallel to to now with the models. You know, uh coronavirus, <laughs> okay, you know. Yes.
9: It's, <laughs> yeah.
1: The shit you know, it it shit you had, out. Yeah,
9: yeah.
2: Yeah, you have academia uh saying, Hey, you know, this this thing's gonna double and double
1: again, you know, and <laughs> well we m- need to get ahead of it. The in- the initial models were actually factor 10 uh off by uh, what may be the ultimate reality uh even with everything factored in so yeah i mean the, the the smallest change in input can have a wildly different output
2: well clip four gets into the factor of the
5: if they were off or not Perhaps most troubling to Diulio was what he saw as an indication that the small percentage of kids who commit the most violent crimes
8: would be much more destructive than the generation before them. Studies found that essentially six percent of every male youth cohort was responsible for about 50 percent of all the violent crimes committed by that cohort. That small fraction of people is going to be able to wreak incredible havoc.
5: Diulio wasn't the only one predicting a surge in crime. By the year 2005, we may very well have a bloodbath of teenage violence. Northeastern University criminologist James Fox says his choice of words was deliberate.
7: I did sound an alarm, and I did use some rather strong language in terms of what might happen if we didn't react quickly.
5: Fox and Diulio felt compelled to call attention to this perceived problem, and rhetoric proved the most powerful arrow in their quiver. Diulio, an Ivy League academic from South Philadelphia, wrote this article for the Weekly Standard in 1995.
8: The term super predator originated from an inmate who said, as almost a throwaway line, he said, oh, these kids, they're, they're stone cold predators.
5: And like a match to a flame, the word caught on.
3: Super predator, predator, predators, super predators.
1: Yeah, nothing like a good old fashioned surge coming from the models. huh? Surge. Where have I heard that?
2: And this goes to show you narrative. Yep. He created a term from a throwaway term from a hardened. Now, let's get let's get let's not poo poo the fact that a hardened criminal was saying these kids are something different.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, an actual guy in the slammer said it.
2: Right. So we would not don't have that loss on you, because. Even Notorious B.I.G. said has a line I, I'm a loose, loosely quoting, he was like. Uh, Our parents used to take care of us, but now they even
1: effing scared of us. Huh? They understood that that it was it was real. It was real. It was not it was not just a term, but it had a name, and it became from predator to super predator. That was beautiful for politicians.
2: Yes, because they could take it and run with it. Um, just like we see super bug and super. You throw super in front of anything, (laughs) uh, and it makes it something totally different. Uh so now we have the term it's been created and we know the history behind the term now we we discussed who's used it and how wielded it uh, for political power and gain there's only one little problem and five talks about it
8: the super predator idea was wrong once it was out there though it was out there there was no reeling it in
5: the experience was a turning point Diulio increasingly began to think about religion and public affairs as the best way to affect change.
8: I lost faith in social science prediction at about the same time that I gained faith of a traditional religious con. But Chrisberg
5: says the problem
8: wasn't with social science, but that Diulio not only misinterpreted
5: the data, but what it meant.
0: It was a myth, and unfortunately it was a myth that some academics jumped onto the fear over the super predator, led to a tremendous number of laws and policies uh, that we're just now recovering from.
1: Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! <laughs> so, while the super predator was a real thing, the actual effect of the super predator was wildly exaggerated by the models, or did I misunderstand
2: the the, the number of super predators? Right. Now, how heinous they were! That was true. And the crimes they were committing were true, but they were like, okay, if we have a million today, then we'll have, like I said, just think about it in the COVID. Yeah.
1: If we have a million uh, today, we'll have
2: 10 million by, by, by the second wave. Right.
1: Yeah.
2: And this kind of miscalculation lends to another issue that's cropped up. And I'm going to take a little side here. This is why people don't trust math anymore you hear math is racist and we need to get rid of stem
1: yeah this is why
9: <laughs> this oh, is wh- yes, this is where yes, that
1: comes so, from yes. <laughs> that was also what weinstein was saying you're exactly this is where right. it comes from <laughs> yeah because if if we actually did the math and we went and looked at it we find out that it was bullcrap all right so when people say get rid of stem
2: they're yeah. not <laughs> well, get I'm, rid of, I'm, get rid I'm, of math <laughs> it's, it's they're true. not saying get rid of math it's this Funky, you know, wizardry that they do um, that doesn't take to black say, oh, people yeah. into account, right? Or are they just you know, they start fudging the numbers, or you know, if uh, from here to here,
1: you know, the projections say that we're going to be here in right. ten years and that kind of thing, right? What I'm saying is, Black Lives Matters Inc. is saying, "Hey, get rid of STEM because STEM is would actually uncover the lies," right? Jeez.
2: So. All of this stuff is bedded in truth on both sides, but it's the
1: exaggeration,
2: manipulation, yeah. and, and exaggeration and manipulation of the data points that it, that is dangerous. And, dangerous and wrapping it around, wrapping it or shaping it to fit narrative is the problem. Because you could take any number, and like people say, uh, men lie, women lie, but numbers don't lie. But you could take a number and tell a whole different story on how you spin it. Uh, that's like you talk about job saved. <laughs> yeah. How do you count Save that? Or oh, I mean, yes. <laughs> right, saved the created, and now they're saying um, live saved with corona. And I don't want to go down, but I'm just showing you the parallel. So this thing was really happening, and the super predator to the outside world is what Tupac was calling thug life. And I want to say something before we get into Tupac uh, speaking in these next set of clips. His definition or the acronym for thug life is the hate you gave little infants. Fuck everybody. <laughs> okay. So what he's saying is you fed these babies hate. You put them in concrete jungles that the projects were in inner cities uh, without a male to teach them how to navigate this. And this is what you get back, basically. So don't act surprised. Where were your scientists then? You know where was your? Yeah. Where was the scientists to say? Well, if we take the father out the house, that might create an number, issue. The, yeah, <laughs> right. The numbers show that you know we could have a spike in. What nobody did that calculation. It's amazing, but when it comes to spinning something for politics or super predators or whatever, uh, they can do the math.
1: Is this also part of the? or part of some of the disdain towards homosexuality because that maybe by d- definition could ruin the traditional family and I had big air quotes around traditional. It, it's... Was it more promiscuity? It's the,
2: ex, it's, the, it's the explanation of hyper-masculinity in hip-hop and these environments. Ah, okay. I don't want to put
1: it off on... No, I got you. I got you. But it, it leads yeah. to a lot of things. Yes, okay. I got it
2: right because you can't be seen as weak you can't be seen as soft you know you can't be seen as actually compassionate uh caring these are all things you have to rule out because these kids are being raised by the streets and when we say the streets is the worst role models possible (laughs) are the only people that stayed in these environments men that had families you know they um uh, another just to go back to another show where we talked about white flight with Michelle Obama and her father. Right, yeah. she had yep, a father. Yep, yep. She grew up in Chicago. They moved their family out. <laughs> Who'd you leave behind? Yep. And and she was all upset when they followed her to, yeah. <laughs> to the hey, neighborhood that she had My to. backyard.
1: Yeah, exactly.
2: Right. So now we get to get to uh listen to Mr. Tupac Shakur, which I have to be honest. He's my favorite rapper. I think he's the best rapper ever. Um, And I think it's by far. I think it's like when you talk about Michael Jordan, it's like the second person is so far down the list from him, it's not even comparable because of his impact. Wow. And there's this weird parallel between him and Kanye. And we've... Yeah, so just just listen for that when you play these clips. Uh, So now we're going to get into... The MTV video from 1994 with Tupac.
10: It's interesting how um, hip-hop rap music in the beginning or a song like Grandmaster Flashes the Message where basically they were saying, you know, it's like a jungle sometimes. I wish, you know, I wonder how I keep from going under. The whole root of what that song was, was basically saying, look, these are the problems here. You know, and here we are ten years or plus later. The problems are still still there, and the intensity of the music has built to the no hope, the I don't give a attitude uh, how did we get from from Grandmaster Flash the message to where we are now in in hip-hop
11: um, again you have to be logical you know if if I know uh, in this hotel room they have food every day and I'm knocked on the door every day Eat and they tell and they open the door. Let me see the the party. Let me see like them throwing salami all over the. I mean, just like throwing food around. Well, they're telling me there's no food in here. You know what I'm saying? Every day. I'm standing outside trying to sing my way in. You know what I'm saying? We are hungry, please let us in. We are hungry, please let us in. After about a week, that song is going to change to We hungry, we need some food. After two, three weeks, it's like, you know, give me on the road, we're out the door. And after a year, and you just like, you know what I'm saying? I'm picking the lock, coming through the door, blasting. You know what I'm saying? It's like you hungry.
1: Yeah, well, first of all, in that beginning of that clip, he even sounded a bit like Kanye, almost the cadence. <laughs> Seriously, it's like, wow. Yeah, you're very right. Um, and yeah, he, he kind of has that flow to what he's saying and uh, very understandable. <laughs> it's not hard and, to figure out what he's talking about. And what he laid
2: out was going from civil rights to the Black Power movement to the next movement of like the 80s. Until like the 90s where kids was like, F it. You know what I'm saying? We see the decadence of America.
1: (laughs) You can't tell us. You can't help us. And important at that time. And that's why I brought it up. Although I was not at MTV in 94. But just before that, we had had the ramp up. And I'll say Dr. Dre, uh, Ed Lover, uh, Fab Five Freddy, and Ted Demi. They brought in Yo! MTV Raps, and it was just getting introduced. It was just happening. And, and at that time, like S- I said... I mean, Speaking about public, singing, you know, like sing, yeah. singing to get in. It's like this, that the door was actually opening again, but with possibility.
2: Right. And then you had Public Enemy at the time. I mean, yep. rap started out really positive. Yeah. But we, you know, and, and we saw it just deteriorate. And that was, I believe that was planned, a planned deterioration. Um, But the thing he um, he was saying in this clip is, I hope it's not missed on people. We've been asking and asking and asking. That's the singing metaphor. We've every way possible to get people to understand. You need to fix this problem. Now the problem is picking your lock, coming through the door. Right. And taking what it needs. This is what I'm saying to what you saw from the third wave. Yeah. A couple of weeks ago. We're yeah. tired of asking.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: I want to humanize those people in the third wave. I don't want. Even though I don't agree with them. I understand where they come from. And I want other people to understand how they can easily. Cause people are like how, well, how are they so easily manipulated? Can well, they, they not see? Well,
1: this is also <laughs> very important from just from, uh, for everyone's perspective, really that there is such a huge difference in these three waves. So just, Mm -hmm. just revisit, you know, one is black lives matters, Inc, which knows very well what it's doing. Uh, They charge it up. They charge it up. Now then the agent provocateurs, I won't say necessarily we know who's doing it, but there's strong Mm -hmm. suspicion and it may be different in every case, every County, every city for different reasons, but it's there. It's part of the system. And then the third wave is distinctly different people than the people who are in the first and second wave. And that's, and I think that's really is what you're saying is important. And I love that you said, you don't, you want to humanize them. And I I think that's excellent Cause what yeah, the, because what the hell, what the hell is going on? And here we are. This is great. My no one, no one's thinking of this except you, of course.
2: <laughs> Cause I, I mean, I, I, cause I took a win away from your, the show and I'm like, well, we explained the first wave, the second wave. I mean, we kinda of just breezed over the third wave, but the third wave is actually Most interesting, the really. catalyst yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. these interactions that you have between the cops and quote unquote criminals that we see
1: it's the feedback using a fake loop.
2: twenty. Yeah. It's the feedback. Uh, or loop. selling loose cigarettes on the street. Or yeah. Yeah. that's the only way I have to make money. Or you know So <laughs> And this is by design. I mean, I'm just gonna say it. This whole thing. Is by freaking design. And that's why I find it so disgusting.
1: But I, 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 I'll by pull the way, back I, a and, little. And by <laughs> the way, I hope that whatever we, when we're done with this episode, I hope that mm-hmm. if someone says systemic racism, I'll say, yes, let me tell you what it is. Because here's the problem. Will we get to that? Will Will that be possible?
2: It, we, we will. And good. But that's the look the other way. Look over there. Yeah, you know no, I understand. I understand.
1: Exactly. <laughs> now, the whole point is you're talking about this, but here's what it really is
2: exactly it does exist but and that's what racism as a whole people point to the wrong things Mm -hmm. to to describe it that's what makes the arguments uh ineffective to solving the problems uh but let's get back on the track and go to the second part of the interview from 1994
9: And we
11: shouldn't be angry. And my raps that I'm rapping to my community shouldn't be filled with rage. You know what I'm saying? They shouldn't be filled with the same atrocities that they gave to me. And the media they don't talk about it. So in my raps I have to talk about it. And it just seems foreign because there's no one else talking about it.
10: Right. Well, playing devil's advocate, somebody might say, "Well, what does Tupac have? He he's a movie star. He's got you know hit records. What does he have to complain about?"
11: And I'm gonna tell you. It's like being the last person alive, you know what I'm saying? After three days, you can't do anything. What can I do? Where can I go? There's no there's no black neighborhood, you know what I'm saying, with black people who have the same amount of money as me. You know what I'm saying? There's richer and there's poorer. There's no just, you know, did a movie, got a little bit of money, living okay black neighborhood. I have to be in a white neighborhood, so I don't fit in. That's hell. It's hell when you can't be around your peers. All my life grew up around black people, poor people, but I can't live around poor people now because they'll rob me. And why would they rob me? Because they're starving. Because
9: there's yeah. no money
1: here. Jeez, who was the interviewer? Do you, is that Kennedy? No. Yes. It uh, is no. Kennedy. What's her? I oh, think uh, her that, that, that um, Tabitha. That, that's it, Tabitha. Who, that's that's we, exactly. Who it. we used to call Crabitha for a whole bunch of reasons. Crabitha. <laughs> <laughs> you. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I hated that about MTV. They brought in MTV News and they cut us out from the interview stuff. That sucked. Yeah, Crabitha doing the interviews. Damn it. Man, just. Personal beef. Done. Sorry.
2: So imagine that. And I, and like I said, I, I can relate to what Tupac is saying on a very small scale, because once you become successful as a black man, there's nowhere for you to go. Nowhere. Uh. Because you have to leave, you know, you don't have to leave your environment, but you become a victim. Either way, it's like if you move to a nice neighborhood, co- what are you doing here? <laughs> what, right?
12: What,
2: what are you doing in that nice car? I'm not saying all police, and, and we're going to get to that the police portion in a later in the show. But you know, police police off of um uh, numbers, yeah, odds. It's like I've seen this guy in this kind of car and eight out of ten times he's been a drug dealer. You know, so sure. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pull him over. Yeah. i'm not i'm not condoning that but it's just that i mean that's well, it's, the way it's, it works it's,
1: it's, the, it's the other side of saying if i stay here i'm gonna get robbed and if i go over there i'm gonna get harassed and i won't be accepted and where do you go um and as you said
2: again is we have no community we have no yeah. so thank,
1: it's, thank you thank you for that because that pisses me. just the community word when people say the block community. I'm like, okay, can you just tell me what zip code that is so I can go go say hi? Because it's bullcrap.
2: I would love to live in one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and and it's in the ingrained distrust that we've been given. You no, know, not to trust each other. This, this thing is over the course of this whatever we're doing here, Adam. It's very deep rooted distrust amongst our people going way way back these the when we start unearthing this then we're going to start seeing what systemic racism is but i want to go back to last show because tupac was talking about understanding the vibe of the street mm-hmm. he 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 never was he was never was separated from the street no matter how much success he had, he was always seen as a normal person. Do you think Kanye has that as well? The, by the way, the hood.
1: do you think Kanye has that same thing? I believe so. Okay, uh,
2: I think it got tarnished a little bit with uh with the Trump thing, but people to understand understood what he was doing there. Okay. I'm just because we made uh, the
1: comparison. I want to keep it in the back of my mind,
2: right? Uh, but when you speak, and I always say this, when you tell the truth, you don't have to remember your lines. <laughs>
1: right. <laughs> you know, yes,
2: it just it just comes out. It just bro, it's easy, you know, And I I have the same thing. Like I'm just going to tell you how I feel. That's I'm, also I'm why the, the
1: Why the truth always comes out, as we know, it always happens, even when people don't intend it to.
2: Yep. Uh, so we're going to go back to last show and Malcolm X talking about uh the vibe
13: of the streets and brothers and sisters. Let me say, I spend my time out there in the street with people, all kind of people, uh, listening to what they have to say, and they're dissatisfied, they're disillusioned, they're fed up, they're getting to the point of frustration where they are beginning to feel, what do they have to lose? And when you get to that point. You're, in, you're the type of person who can create
7: a very dangerously explosive atmosphere.
9: This- the number
1: of people who have emailed me and said, I am so disappointed in my schooling and upbringing that we mm-hmm. never got to hear Malcolm X. It was always M.O.K. has been astounding. It's the number one comment on our show.
2: And in that same vein is you never get to hear from Tupac. Yep. Notice nobody ever talks about Tupac, even though he's like, he was, I'm not sure. I think Eminem may have passed him by now, but by far until Eminem, number one selling artist to this day, you can't find anybody that doesn't like Tupac. Right.
1: But he's never discussed. He's never discussed. Whenever someone has, has a message that's dangerous, they cover it up
2: exactly and that's why i wanted to play those clips back to back because he he has this thumb on the pulse of what is the problem and if you can articulate the problem then you can demand a solution they don't want you to articulate the
1: problem um the malcolm x clip is from what year i think that was 63 64 i want to say so 55 years 30 years later 55 years uh, ago malcolm x identifies it uh Mm -hmm. 25 26 years ago uh tupac identifies it this is unbelievable Mm -hmm. i mean it's amazing that we haven't had Kanye, Kanye, (laughs) exactly and it's and it's more and more explosive it's like hello can we open our eyes finally no it's too because you need
2: that third wave
1: yeah yeah, the third way feeds need, into the change, which is done by the politicians for anyone but the but the but the third wave's benefit. And
2: we talked about it on the last show of the uppity Negroes using the poor blacks to come up off of them. Yeah. You need a victim. <laughs> you, yeah, need, you, you need a victim you to, grow, a to grow <laughs> yeah. to grow
7: the
2: grow the system. You know, it's like, oh, we're collecting money on uh for the behalf of the downtrodden. Yes. And we'll take eighty percent of that money, which you know, is exactly
1: that- <laughs> what Black Lives Matters Inc. seems to be doing. Same thing, and 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 that's just the people's money. It's not even government money yet, also the people's money, but it's just people supporting right. it. the corporate money, yeah. I mean, the corporate the, money, the, the, yes, the
2: individual. Yeah, yeah. They, they're tapping into all that because they took the, the 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 Sharpton uh, Jackson model. That's what we will call it. Just, <laughs> just just Sharpton Jackson. Just a quick a
1: quick aside, I, Jesse Jackson. You're gonna love this. You know the black mm-hmm. Pete thing in the Netherlands with the with the Santa Claus and the black Pete, yes. which is been, it's been this argument has been going on for at least seven eight years. Uh, the tradition has been going on for hundreds. Now Jesse Jackson is showing up in the press in the Netherlands talking about this. He's going to come over and he's going to tell the Dutch people <laughs> he's he's expanded his business model overseas.
2: It's fantastic. Isn't that what talent does when yeah. they burn out in America? <laughs> they go to Europe, right? They take the show. <laughs> Taking the shit on the road, Jesse.
1: <laughs> we're doing a European tour. Exactly. What's right. going on. <laughs> all right. Uh,
2: so now we're going to talk, listen to Tupac, same interview. He talks about being the spark. All, all the society is doing is leeching off the ghetto.
11: They use the ghetto for their pain, for their sorrow, for their culture, for their music, for their happiness, for their movies, to talk about boys in the hood. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to be another young, I don't want to be 50 years old at a BET We Shall Overcome um, Achievement awards. You know what I'm saying? Uh-uh, not me. You know, I want when they see me, they know that every day when I'm breathing, it's, it's, it's for us to go farther, you know? Every time I speak, I want the truth to come out. You know what I'm saying? Every time I speak, I want to shiver. You know, I don't want them to be like they know what I'm gonna to say because it's polite they know what I'm going to say and even if I get in trouble you know what I'm saying that ain't that what we're supposed to do it's I'm not saying I'm going to rule the world or I'm going to change the world but I guarantee that I will spark the 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 brain that will change the world and that's our job It's to spark somebody else watching us we we might not be the ones but let's not be selfish and because we're not going to change the world let's not talk about how we should change it I don't know how to change it but I know if I keep talking about how dirty it is out here somebody's going to clean it up
1: Wow, that's the best clip so far. <laughs> now nah, that's like clip of the show at this minute. Nice. And this is why you
2: haven't heard this from Tupac. You heard a Thug Life, Shoot 'Em Up, and I, yeah. I just want to two things. I want two points. I want to make one. There's a pre-death row Tupac and a post-death row records. And want to say that, post-death row records. Yeah, and this came about when he was alleged. Uh, had sexually assaulted a person, which that case was super flimsy, um, but they used it as a mechanism to take him down. And he basically had to sign his life away to death row records to even get out on appeal. Uh, And that's when he became the gangster. And what I mean by gangster, I'm talking about the criminal rapper, the gangster rapper, because that before then, he didn't even... He was more a political figure. Mm-hmm. Um, his music was political based uh, and you can hear it in his catalog because you can hear from me against the world to all eyes on me. That was the two records. just a total almost change because of the environment he was in and the expectation from the record label he was signed to, which he was signed to death row, who was signed to uh, Interscope, which you know, that's uh, Jimmy Iveen. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when they started ramping up the gangster Rapper like a superhero. So was it? What was a super it,
1: villain? Was it Suge Knight that that uh, that that forced that change on him, or am I confused? Uh, well, it comes higher than that because
2: Suge Knight and Death Row had a lot of police working for Death Row, corrupt police. Yes.
1: I mean, thing, <laughs> yeah, the real corrupt police. Yeah,
2: real real corrupt police, and they were a front for drug or operation when you follow the money it goes right back to the same place as uh Ray, ricky ross and that that kind of thing it it all flows back that way mm. so they needed the propaganda arm of rap I mean which was rap to push this narrative of the super predator I, aka the thug the thug right two the second point i want to make is This is why you see now the Democratic Party bringing in Snoop, bringing in T.I., bringing in Killer Mike, because they're trying to catch that momentum that Tupac had. But these people, these people that they're putting up, they're they're no
1: no Tupac and and they don't speak
2: the truth. Right. They don't speak the truth. And they contradict themselves because. Just I'm going to make this last point and then we can go to the next clip. Killer Mike had a song called Burn and the lyrics go burn this mother effer down. Mhm. But when you saw him in Atlanta last uh, last month crying, or early this month crying. Yeah, crying. don't burn the city down. It's like, <laughs> "Hold on, bro. You just told us to burn it down. What what, what? Now you're on the Democratic teat. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's like when we have to soften the message. The same thing with TI. Um, you know, You know this this rebel, but then we threatens your opportunity zone. Oh, you have a different, uh, different different narrative. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. So now we have Tupac talking about fathers. Um, Because I didn't have a father,
11: makes me cold and bitter. not, not just as the excuse, I know people are tired of hearing, oh, you have a father, we had a rough life. But, you, I mean, you have to be logical, you know what I'm saying? The reason I didn't have a father, it's not like I'm saying, okay, now sympathize with me. I'm saying, remember that I'm telling you I did not have a father. So when you go, what kind of kid is that? What kind of morals do we got? I don't know. You know what I'm saying? I was raised by a Black Panther, you know, and I was raised on, like, by a lot of street people. So of course, my values are real street orientated, but that doesn't mean that I don't have any values I don't have any morals. You know what I'm saying? It's just that my morals are applied to the people who I'm around.
4: If you had a father figure growing up, how would you be different? Would you be different
11: right now? I think I'd I'd probably be a lawyer somewhere, you know, (laughs) Um, because I wouldn't have hung out. I wouldn't have looked for that father figure. And I wouldn't have learned all this treacherous street game that now I can't forget.
1: Hmm. Was anyone else besides MTV doing this kind of stuff with him back in the day?
2: uh actually uh he had another interview with um b e t as well where he mm-hmm. he spoke in the same manner, but it was kind of redundant, so I didn't use that um
1: this is the yeah, more, i mean uh, like popular like, but i mean like uh Rolling Stone magazine or the New <clears throat> york Times or maybe uh you know vanity fair was anyone else doing something really of this depth with him which i uh, uh, they rather it, cover but...
2: they rather cover the the yes, sensationalism the, the thug life
1: but the thug part of like it like the course. thug life
2: no, no. and uh no the spitting at the cops and that kind of <clears throat> that kind of thing mm-hmm. that's that's what they rather cover not not when you actually sit down and listen to him right uh his music was used to capture the attention of the kids that grew up in a similar situation to him yes. and then he would slip in the you know the 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 medicine and the applesauce kind of thing, you know, and that's the beautiful thing about his music is, for people that can hear him, he's telling the kids, "I know where you're coming from," and that's a lot of times it's all the kids need to hear is somebody just hears them, which is the origins of
1: uh, rap and
2: hip hop. It was CNN, right? And that's, CNN. thats what Tabitha in the first clip she was talking about. She was yep. talking about the message. Yeah, yeah. Uh, How did go from that to where it's at now? Uh well, you're not listening to the kids. Yeah, uh, and when I say kids, I, I'm not saying like children. I'm talking about mm-hmm. you know the youth. Um,
1: still, and it's the same thing now. Loud. You're yeah. not
2: listening. The youth are telling. And and another thing is, these 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 uh young people are now. It, there was this thing before the internet and before gentrification when you lived in a certain community. Uh, you didn't even know you were poor or you didn't know how poor you were. But when you start to see how the world operates <laughs> yeah. and what the world is buying and spending their money on.
1: Yes. And it you. makes you feel like nothing. And what did we have at the same time, which I mentioned at the beginning? What was happening? Internet. The, doc, the internet. Yep, the dot-com the bubble. Yep. News. And then you information. Had, you know, the- MP3s. We had distribution. Right. All kinds of crap crit- that no one thought about distribution free distribution cable television when it it was at its apex you know you you had and um, you could get on you could still get on cable television it wasn't even seen as serious tv (laughs) there was opportunity (laughs) there was opportunity everywhere yeah
2: so when these kids start seeing this, like oh that's what y'all driving that's what you right you got a ten thousand dollar watch you know uh even now that's The kids seeing like, oh, y'all are doing this. You have money for this to go, um, use a two pot line. He said, "You got money for wars, but can't feed the poor." (laughs) I mean, like, you see these bombs, you see all this other stuff, but it's like you can't take care of the people in your own country. But you want us to buy
1: in? Uh, What a critical strategy mistake on the behalf of let's just call it the New World Order. (laughs) The thinking hey they'll never see it. they'll never figure out what we're doing over here until that came along uh, well, this is where we get into the conspiracy is
2: it was it a mistake or is it agitation mm. agit- is it plant is it yeah, is it plant agitation? Let's keep agitating these people let's keep showing them images of
1: well let me uh, let, let me look at it this way the Clinton, okay. the Clinton administration was Really, when the Democrats decided we're going to start to serve corporate interest, just like the Republicans, mm-hmm. there's a lot more money in it for us. And, of course, everyone started to get screwed, but people who are already screwed got screwed even more. Uh, I believe that if, if you know, I'll play along with you because I love it. I'm very good at conspiracy. If mm-hmm. you have the corporate, uh, um, the corporate corrections company of America you have a commercialized prison system, you have an entire infrastructure being set up with government money, and I would see that would, that would be the 94 crime bill, then all you need is to feed the machine with warm bodies. And so huh, how can we do that? How can we make these <laughs> kids crazy? Hey, I got an idea. Call up those boys at MTV. Let's, get, let's make
2: this message violent. And you saw a change. I mean, I saw it. Big, big change. Because before, you couldn't show guns in videos. But then all of a sudden, now you start seeing the gun unblurred. Yeah. Even brands, before brands didn't even want to be associated with hip hop. The brands stopped Nike symbols and these other things stopped being unblurred. I mean, I saw this real time. Yeah where if you had a Nike symbol on your shirt, they would blur it out because Nike's like, oh, no, I don't want to be associated with that. Then all of a sudden, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, (laughs) uh, we want to see the rappers wearing our brands. We want to see the guns in the hands of young black Uh, uh, people.
1: Let me correct you on that. Mm -hmm. It was not Nike saying blur it out. It was the the television station (laughs) saying, hey, 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 Nike, you're not paying for that. So uh, go away with that. The TV stations were blurring it out uh and now so, now so why do they allow it then is it for the greater good for the greater cause i would say <laughs> sales might have driven that and i think that when sales for nike are good and then they just do it with the advertising buy on the channel yeah mm-hmm. we're gonna unblur that stuff this is a good thing that's happened. everybody saw it in europe people were scratching their heads so you americans you buy sneakers for $300 because they say Nike because they couldn't even say Nike they say they say Nike right. so yeah that seems to be what's going on and they're made in China mhm mhm <laughs> and they're really worth about 10 bucks mhm mm-hmm. so it was off to the races after that Americans are good at that by the way we we love buying into a brand we just we, we've always been like that
2: and for some reason and I I still haven't found the answer to this the whole world cares about what young black men from America are doing.
1: We set the trend for the whole world. Well, Seriously. I, well, I th- yes, and I think that, I think this is, uh, well, our show has covered this. Mm-hmm. Uh, it starts with an outstanding product. So if we just go back to the old uh, the jazz guys, you know the the older musicians and uh, female singers, we're talking thirties, forties, and we've covered a lot of this in the show. Mm-hmm. The, you know the talent is unbelievable, the honesty, the beauty, the the beauty in the music and the and lyrics and the singing. It was there. It it, it was it's fantastic. So there's money to be made historically. Mm-hmm. Hey, people like it. Let's make money off of it. By the way, we're going to give you five bucks. We're going to take fifty thousand. But yeah, I think it's exploitation from day one. And and Tupac said that. He said you
2: use the ghetto for yep. our pain, yep. for our suffering. But I know a lot of people say, like, Mo well, it's just music. It's just music. It can't be that powerful. Oh right? my
1: goodness. Music is one of the most right? the most powerful. It lifted the spirits of, of millions throughout the throughout history. Songs, all kinds of stuff, please. Who says that? Show me that person And we see that We (laughs) see that with the national anthem We see how Yes how, How controversial
2: Oh that's just a song It's just music Uh huh But Number
8: 12 will explain to you why And finally We use the power of rhyme We had Brian say things like Don't be a turkey Try some free jerky This jerky is no mystery, I know it's history. And the reason that was effective is that rhymes increase what cognitive scientists call processing fluency. The message goes down easier, it's more memorable. Chances are, you're not in the beef jerky business. But you can still use some of the principles that we taught Brian. In particular, harness the power of rhyme. Let's say that you want people on your team to show up on time. You could say something like, when everyone's on time, the whole team can shine. Or even at home, you can say, wiping the table will make our marriage more stable now this sounds goofy but trust me it works and as always these tips should never be used for evil until next time i'm daniel pink (laughs) yeah along with the rhyming
1: i just point out that uh, jingles commercial jingles Mm -hmm. are incredibly effective i mean there's a million we could sing for you and you'd recognize them right away so the song is incredibly important for replication of a message but specifically
2: rhyme oh yeah and that's what rap is—it's it's rhyming. So it's the perfect mechanism. You can do it anywhere. Anyone, really don't anyone need any, can do any it. Equipment, <laughs> anyone you don't can need do any it. Equipment—you yep, don't yep. need a guitar. Yep. You don't need a drum set. No. One w- guy's beatboxing. I was in one guy's. Rhyming. I was in Los
1: Angeles <laughs> in 1982 at the. Um, I think it was the Kiss FM Street Jam or something. And, and i was mm-hmm. there i was there actually i was supposed to have a meeting this is a long story which i won't get into i was very young but i was trying to see if i could do anything in america's before mtv this is even before i was on uh on television in the netherlands and that's when i saw you know the first street battles like what is going on here now this was you know around the time of the message and it just just groups of guys just throwing down and just, you know, rapping at each other. I'd never seen anything like it in my life before. I'd heard the records, but never seen the genesis of it. It was phenomenal. And that's called a cypher, a cypher. which is going to be
2: important. It, that's when you have a circle of um freestyling and rapping. It's called a cypher. That's called a cypher. Okay. Yes. Uh, and that's going to lend to the next clip. Can I get, to, get us just a little taste of theorem? I know it's quite early in the show for this. <laughs> nah, there's never too early
1: for theorem. no, no, no. You can always grab a little. Hold on. I've been practicing for you. I mean, anyway. yeah, I hit that high note. Yeah, we're going down to some kind of dark, deep rabbit hole. All right. <laughs> Take us there.
2: John
14: Todd. I said, do they still take the master to the temple room? Dave said, yeah. I said, do they still have the colvin conjure demons into the master? He said, of course. I said, now, i got to know something. What's the main reason for rock music? He said, the same as when you were in, so that we can place spells on people that we couldn't cast spells upon. The Master is a tape about as big as the top of this podium that looks like an overgrown 8-track that the album is cut on and is placed in a machine that produces and presses the records and the 8-tracks and cassettes that you buy. After it's been recorded, It's taken in. This is why a master's cut months in advance before it's released. On the full moon, it's taken in to a temple room about the size of this auditorium that is in every one of the major music companies, behind locked doors up in the executive office. And it's placed on an altar setting in the north of the room and a pentagram engraved in the floor. And 13 hand chosen witches and withers and a coven come in and conjure a principality or a power up, usually or something like that and order him to tell the demons under him to follow every record and every tape coming off of that master. I said, okay, one last thing. I've been hearing that you must be an initiated witch now to get a record contract. He said, that's right. He said, many of us that weren't total witches have to be witches now in order to produce music.
1: And here I thought the way to a hit record (laughs) was more cowbell no, it's not Mm-mm. cowbell. <laughs> wow. Who was this?
2: This is John Todd. So John Todd is quite known in the conspiracy theory, especially the hip hop uh, conspiracy theory circles, because he was known for saying that basically record companies, and he was speaking about rock here, but then of course it feeds into hip hop as well, that the master tapes are basically Uh, embedded with
1: with spells nothing would surprise me especially because the entire music business is based around the master not the not i mean the rights to prove you have the rights to to a song Mm -hmm. you have to actually physically own the master and this is a big deal especially
2: in hip-hop because jay-z basically (laughs) dissolved yeah his whole relationship with his partner of many years over the masters of his first album, Reasonable Doubt. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm mean, just saying, just saying, we got the power of rhyme, and then you factor in
1: throw a little bit of wicked stuff on there.
2: Right. Right. And and I just told you that the rapping in a circle is called a cipher. When you start breaking down this terminology, it definitely lends to something. Maybe um, supernatural. I'm just gonna leave it there. I'm just gonna leave it there. But I just want—I I wanted to add that in, in into this conversation.
1: Well, you can leave it there all you want, but this uh, cipher, <laughs> I'm gonna have to dive into that after the show. I'm doing some extracurriculum re- research now. <laughs> I like that. So yes.
2: So we heard Tupac talk about the thug, and I explained to you what he—the um, acronym for thug life was. So Donald Trump recently, and I have a super like it's kind of like a supercut. Mm-hmm. After the riot, riots and looting, he used this term "thug." Uh, so let's listen to the
6: supercut. Do you think that right now the nation needs you to express that same sort of comfort and healing that some people need to heal? Right now, I think
3: the nation needs law and order. We can't allow a situation. Like happened in Minneapolis to descend further into lawless anarchy and chaos. Law and order will prevail. The looters is looting. You do have looting. These people, it's Antifa. It's a lot of radical left bad people exploiting this tragedy to loot, rob, attack and menace. Hatred, chaos, rioters, looters and anarchists, violence and vandalism led by Antifa, radical left wing groups terrorizing the innocent, destroying jobs, burning down buildings. The mobs are devastating the life's work of good people. Anarchy, anarchy, criminals and vandals wreck our cities and lay waste to our communities. Mob violence radical left criminals thugs an angry mob angry mobs it is essential that we protect the crown jewel of american democracy the rule of law violence mayhem and disorder an angry mob rioting i am your president of law and order professional anarchists violent mobs arsonists looters criminals rioters antifa dangerous thugs domestic terror <laughs> I think
1: he covered all of them.
3: <laughs> man. Huge,
2: huge misstep for Trump to use thugs. thugs.
1: Yep. Yep. He didn't know what he was no. doing there. He didn't know what he was saying. I agree no. with you. And it's funny because it's not even funny. I caught that too. I was like, oh mm-hmm. man. Uh uh-uh. uh 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 He's going to get ripped apart for that. And rightly so.
2: And we're going to hear... Uh, before we get into... Why it's a misstep. Tupac, and this is where when I say profit, I don't mean in a spiritual or uh
1: biblical More like way. in a uh from well, the from the future kind of way.
2: For from kinda of like you. You know what I'm <laughs> saying?
9: <laughs> Thank
1: you. Oh, I'll take that as a compliment. Um,
2: but when you can see like what's going on and it can you say it many, many years before it happens. Tupac has a take on Donald Trump back in 1992.
11: This world is such a um, and when I say this world, I mean it. I don't mean in an ideal sense. I mean in the, uh, every day, every little thing you do. It's such a gimme, give gimme, give gimme. Give Everybody back off. You know, everybody's like, you taught that from school, everywhere, big business. If you want to be successful? You want to be like Trump? Gimme, give gimme, give gimme. Give uh-huh. Push, 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 push. Step, step, step. Crush, crush, crush. That's how it all is. And it's like, nobody ever stopped. Just You know, I feel like, instead of us just being like, slavery's bad, slavery's there. bad whitey, bad whitey. I mean, all right, let's stop that. And everybody's smart enough to know that, I mean, we've been slighted and we want ours, and I don't mean by like uh, ours, 40 acres in a mule because we passed that but we need help I mean for us to be on our own two feet us meaning youth or us meaning black people whatever you want to take it for, for us to be on our own two feet we do need help because we have been here we have been a good friend if you want to make it a relationship type thing we have been there and now we deserve our payback it's like you got a friend that you don't never look out for you know you dressed up in jewels now America's got jewels and they got they paid and everything and they b- lending money to everybody
1: except us wow and of course he considered trump a democrat at the time which he was yeah which he well, was yeah and, and anyway <laughs> and, we,
2: and when you say take 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 the third wave looks at it now the yep. same way yep. oh oh take take we, take we could just take oh we <clears throat> we just go to foreign countries and take what we want you know uh go to the foreign the neighborhood Yep. yep. <clears throat> What what's the problem? We are playing and, by the same and th- rules. Th- and
1: thank you. Thank you. Another point mm-hmm. that is poorly observed by underinformed over socialized, uh, but even the underinformed who will say, I don't understand why they why they wreck their own neighborhood. But that's not what happened this time. This Mm-mm. was not like uh Rodney <laughs> King. No, 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 no. This was very different go go just look for the video on youtube 5th avenue new york <laughs> the guy drives for 10 minutes nothing but boarded up broken stores and i, and I think
2: black Lives matter ain't understood that right yep. like, yep. we can't cuz we'll be will the finger will be pointed back at us when they come when they wake up the next morning and see their neighborhood in shambles so we need yes. to make a, a a slight adjustment to how we do this.
1: And as far as I know this uh, was different from every has, has this happened before with the with the the prosperous areas being burned and the big box I, stores I can't and- remember
2: that. I mean even if it did happen, I don't remember it being broadcast. Like I, I remember in I, LA, I, I remember in like ninety two, maybe. Nah, I remember in LA, maybe.
1: The, no, you had the Koreans on the roof of their their little stores with with guns, and they were defending all that. Right, right. It never made it. It, right. Never, made it. That, it yep. never made it to Rodeo Drive, as far as I remember. I don't think. I don't think it's ever been like that.
2: And I think that's because of the psychological ingrained block. Of course, that the youth has like we can't go over there, but the second wave say yes you can yeah, and we'll give you we'll, we'll give you we'll give you a hand Psst, yeah, yeah you know yeah. break the glass like come yeah, on let you know go. so this goes to show you this is second wave driven <laughs>
1: this yes, is not yes 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 third
2: wave waking up like you know what we need to go to Rodeo Drive or you know <laughs> no. uh, Manhattan it was okay they yeah. I mean, they they removed uh, civility from these places so let's go in. Because uh, if it, if that was the case, the criminal element would have been done this. I mean, right. What are
1: you waiting on? So, um, so for a, for a later moment or later date is to uh, mm-hmm. closely analyze this very small group of wave two, because that's re- wave two pointed the way.
2: Right. They 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 like I said they removed the thin, what we use metaphorically as the glass. Yeah. And now it's just a free for all. Yeah. Now back to Donald Trump using thug. Well, there's no
12: way better say I'll let Charles Barkley explain it. And it's a learning lesson. Uh, You tell people like they want you to stay in your place. It's like, yeah, we like you as a player and you're all right. But I like the other things you said about, you know, when people throw the term around thug, street carrot calling him monkey and things that's pseudo for the n-word
4: do you we we just heard the soundbite with rachel nichols where he says yes that is pseudo for the for the n-word of course it is you agree
12: every black person knows that you know everybody like you know you got a couple of people who are ignorant who use that as a slur uh but people also do they do they say street cred Uh, think
4: of tupac in the 90s wasn't saying thug Cool. at the time what changed
12: well uh, first of all listen we got this great debate going on what's fair i, I used the n-word me and my friends use it and we're not going to stop using it i don't care what anybody out there say mm-hmm. uh we're going to use it i know the difference when me and my friend are saying the n-word when somebody white is trying to insult me
1: wow I, as, as i'm listening to this uh of course mm-hmm. i remember i was just looking through my clips for the no agenda show we go back to um my goodness we go back to 2014 when this was uh, mm-hmm. in play and being discussed, and I think it's uh, it was the mayor of uh, Baltimore who used uh, yes. who used the the thug word, and that's when it became a no. thing. And, but who, some some white person must have, was that was he a white guy at the time? No, probably not. No, no, God, no, no, no.
2: It was uh, what was that? What was a black lady actually? No. What was her name? Come in. She, she she was the one that said give him room to riot, give him space to riot. Um, what's her name? Uh, I, I have it here. Wait, 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 wait. Wait one second. <laughs>
1: I can't remember.
2: I can't uh, remember. Stephanie Rawlings Blake. Uh,
1: vague for me. I don't really remember, but okay. So it, someone yeah. should have advised the president because I'm, I'm with you and I caught it too. Uh, it, but it was in such inside a jumble baseball. Of words. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> little
2: inside baseball. <laughs> oh, hit it. It's two words that you can use I mean of many But two words that you can use That are synonyms For the n-word And that's thug and punk Punk It's the Yes Wow It's the way Like I said It's not It's not the word itself It's the way it's used
1: Got Um, Got it
2: Because punk Itself has some homoerotic connotations to it, because when you get punked, that's like somebody taking your manhood from you.
1: Uh, just, just let me give you some perspective. I come from ten years <clears throat> before you. Punk, to me, uh, was either, was really the origins of the punk movement in the UK, which was these you know these former out of work mine workers who would just turn into punks, and then we got Johnny Rotten and Sid Vicious and the Sex Pistols and the and the uh, even the Ramones, I think, to a degree, were seen as punk. You didn't grow up with that. I grew up with that. So when when you just Mm-mm. said punk, Mm-mm. I went, ho, wait a minute. No. Damn. punked is like,
2: I'm taking something from you. Like, strong arming. You know, it's not like I'm stealing it from you. Uh, I, 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 no, th- I think, Well, I
1: thank you for this explanation, because I would have definitely not known that this word had changed the meaning.
2: Yes, but the thug one... When I heard it I was like yeah that's not what you want to say
1: because right um it, it does have racial but I can um, under- so, undertones to it so not defending because he should know better mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. even thugs you know thug to me is uh more like a gangster kind of uh no in, in fact the uh, in the Donald Duck cartoons you know uh-huh. the the three brothers who were yeah. who were those were thugs that's what I grew up thinking a thug looked like. Now, I know better, but no wonder our politicians, uh, certainly in D.C., who are in their 70s and 80s, they're never going to understand this shit. Never. They've got well, the complete... No, it's out of... Con, do you understand what I'm saying? It's like it's, they need to go. <laughs> they need to go is the point. If you're not even understanding the words of the culture anymore, how can you even pretend to help lead it or shepherd it or represent it? But to be fair,
2: if Trump said it and it was wrong, how about when Obama said it?
13: The majority of the community in Baltimore, uh, I think, have handled this appropriately, expressing real concern and outrage over the possibility that our laws were not applied evenly in the case of Mr. Gray and that accountability needs to uh, exist. Um, and I think we have to give them credit. My understanding is, is you've got some of the same organizers now, going back into these communities to try to clean up in the aftermath of a handful of protesters, uh, a handful of uh, criminals uh, and thugs who, uh, who tore up the place. Wow! He
1: even identified first and third wave. He caught himself. Oh no, I can't call uh-huh. them protesters because that's, uh-huh. <laughs> that's that's the wrong group. That's that's wave one. <laughs> Holy crap! I'm glad
2: you caught. I, that's why I didn't want to. Uh-huh. That's I great. didn't want to uh, oh my lead the witness. Oh I my wanted you goodness. here for yourself. No, I love and that. Then, yeah. Thanks, Obama. Yeah. <laughs> th- thanks, Kerry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then he doubles down Across from the article. The- I'm sorry. In the article of the USA Today, uh, John Ernest, I think that was his... Um, Uh, press secretary i want to say yes it says president (laughs) obama doesn't regret using the term thug and describing (laughs) violent rioters in baltimore this week uh spokesman john ernest said wednesday It says whether it's arson or you know looting of a liquor store those were thuggish acts ernest said uh in discussion in discussing the riots tuesday obama assailed the criminals and thugs who tore up the place, and described them as a distraction from the real issues of police brutality. Some cri- some critics ascribe racial con- um, connotations to the word "thug." Baltimore Mayor Stephanie rollins Blake walked back the term earlier this week, but Obama doesn't agree. Officials said, so he doubled down, and he and he's supposed to know. Like you, you, you said the sixty and seventy year old. I understand that. But he's supposed to be from the community and organizing. No. Well, I mean, which I that's mean, a whole. What I don't. Know what <laughs> I mean it
1: doesn't really surprise me. A non-Ados guy wouldn't know what he's doing. Yeah, you know, I'm just <laughs> just pointing but, out or, the obvious. He, or did he
2: say it on purpose? <laughs> I mean, Ooh, the, or
1: was that yes? <laughs>
2: right. What, what? We need to really look at that. Jeez. Say what was he saying when he said that? Cause he dug, he could have easily walked the bat, but no, he stood on it. And you know what? This was the beginning of the end for Obama with black people, quote unquote, so called black people. Because it's like, wow, Damn. like you call it, yeah. You you should know, like you should understand. Um, you should know you the, should what done, Tupac was done. talking about, like the 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 anger and the frustration and you know these kind of things. But now nah, he doubled down. So now we need to get into the origin of the word thug, but you want to say something first before we get there? Cause this is another, <laughs>
1: another rabbit hole that we need to go down. Uh, you know, there's, there's, there's so much that's swirling around my head right now. Let's just keep going. It'll, <laughs> this is, this is a good, a very good uh, moment that you just mentioned there that this was, this is when it started to turn. And yeah,
2: this is when it unraveled for him. It was like, dude, <sighs> you, you really? You want to call us thugs? And then Stephanie Rollins-Blake, she's a so-called, so-called black woman. She used the word thug. Uh, yeah, they like I said, a lot of stuff got exposed around and this do you, time. Do you
1: remember what year that was? Baltimore,
2: I think that was... Let me see, I have the article here, so...
1: click and see just for the timeline just so i kind of remember when that was that he said was that his first term still no no this was uh, freddie gray oh crap uh, so this was was 14 i believe all right jane oh my goodness
2: i believe yeah i believe 14 if i'm not mistaken well
1: i'm i'm with you now that i now that i think about it and i have to re-listen to it again um that sounded more purposeful than anything
2: and then, like you said, he slipped up. Said protest. Uh, no, yeah. um, I mean, yeah. I mean thugs. Yeah. yeah, he
1: had to make sure he separated that. Don't get in trouble with the base. Wow, good. Okay. So
2: that article was from April of 2015. So it was even later than I thought. Huh. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So he just rolled that out there, just like thugs.
1: Now, well, we have to get into the. Hold ahead. on. Mm-hmm. Is it is it possible? Is it possible that Trump knew exactly what he was saying? I'm not saying that he... I'm he, glad you
2: brought that up. <laughs> I'm
1: glad you brought that
2: up.
9: Yeah.
1: Because there's two things he said
2: that made me cringe. One was the thug thing. And then when they get the looting... Yeah, uh, we get the shooting. We get the shooting. Right? He well, didn't even say
9: we. No, he didn't. He, he
1: said, said he, the, the way loo- he
2: couched it was you what? could take it either way. It was like one of
1: those... <laughs> yeah, Trumpisms. When the looting <laughs> starts, the shooting starts. The shooting the exact starts. Course. Right.
2: Because then he could walk it back uh, to say... Well, I meant the criminals would start shooting, but it was a dog whistle to his base, which I think he leaned into his base, you know, because, well, his excuse, no, let's, be, for let's be honest. Let's be honest here. Let's just be honest. He's trying to win an election.
9: Yeah,
1: I didn't. And, and by the no, way, I, but, did, I didn't like it either. I was sure he didn't mean that uh, if you start looting, we're going to start shooting. I didn't like it. It wasn't necessary. I think it was. uh uh i didn't like it i think it was inflammatory it was lame and it, was it, it, and it, it was red and meat and, and me you, it, it was red meat. a lot of white people off
2: yeah i understand it was red meat and he had to let his base know because he needs he needs them to turn out yeah to win it's a political calculation i understand it like i said I do not mean it didn't uh rub but, me the wrong way
1: yeah it rubbed me the wrong way
2: but I understand what he was doing because he's like, Okay, I gotta throw my base, let him know I'm the law and order president. Yeah. Let him know you're saying that looting won't go on. See, we don't but like- I need to say it in a way that I have plausible not deniability yeah. when I'm questioning on it, yeah. mean I can say it uh I can spin it to not mean what I like kinda wink wink nod, nod to my base. See in Texas because like I said, he
1: go ahead. No, go I was ahead. gonna say in, in Texas we don't we don't threaten with that. You know, it's like just don't loot. We don't have to say it. Everyone knows what's going on here. Because if we will end it. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> We're all armed here, so don't mess around. With it. So, you, know, you know how we get down. know. Yeah, so, color, I, color, so and, I, and, I thought it was like, oh, man, really, you got to do that, you New York piece of crap. No, I didn't like it. But but he's trying to win an election. So I
2: understood where the where he was coming from. Like, it doesn't mean it didn't rub me the wrong way and make me look at him kind of side-eye.
1: But... But... I, he, I, I have family and friends who are uh, mm-hmm. worried for their safety and that didn't help it. So, you know, from, I can't excuse it. I don't. No, I, no I'm, not, I'm not saying I'm you're definitely ex- not excusing I'm not it, excusing no, it. I'm definitely, but I can't even yes. say because you're running, I get it. No, no, I, 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 I don't like the, that. I personally, I,
2: as you always know, I, under, I look into the reason for course. why people do things. Of course, And it's like, this is, this is, I put myself, in the orange man's shoes and it's like hmm this black vote thing is kind of experimental you know if I can get the same 5% <laughs> right yeah, you know because yeah. they, they were trying to triple it right they were trying to get it up to 15% 15, He's sure, like, sure 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 right, I'm not going to chase that 15% to lose the confidence <laughs> right, of my to lose, base
1: to lose the base yeah okay i'm down with that
2: so which is which is sick yes yes it is that that's the way it works uh Mm -hmm. and i think obama now let's go back to him saying the same thing he couldn't look to be seen as weak on crime with hillary clinton coming up right and you know so Ah, he had to double down and say thugs and he doubled down on it so both of them are playing this political game that's why if I'm going to call it, I got to call it yeah, fair. I'm with you. Yeah. And sh- it's and straight on both sides. I understand why Obama said it. It made me sick. I understand why Trump said it. It made me sick because <clears throat> the last thing you want to see it be is weak on crime. The difference is when, when it comes to election,
1: the M5M media. uh Plasters wall to wall when Trump does something like that, although they didn't because they're too stupid. They missed this. one. Right. Oh man, they missed a big. They missed it. Yeah, they missed a huge opportunity because they've been down this road before. I've got clip after clip of M5M news readers talking about the the thug word being the same as the as the N word. Um, Mm -hmm. So, uh, what the media did not do, although he doubled down on it and it had a news cycle of twenty four hours, is hound President Obama about it. So there, there's your big difference. Obama was never maybe, called racist, in, in and the media.
2: maybe they didn't do it because they knew Kylie would slam them the way she does and says, "Oh well, you didn't have a problem when Obama said it." I mean, yeah.
1: <laughs> maybe they, maybe they yeah. pulled back and was like, "Kylie, <laughs> so right, <laughs> this is Kylie's new thing." Yeah, that's right. So, "Oh really? Oh really? Do you remember when Obama said it?" <laughs> Right. You thought through that one. Good. I like it. You thought through that one. All
2: right. Gotcha. Uh, So we got to get to the word origin of thug. And the word thug comes from the word thuggy. Are you aware of this term?
1: No, I'm not.
2: It comes from India. And so the thuggies were basically this band of um, assassins and robbers and, you know, Really bad guys. I just use, use a, a, a you know a term that people use, and they will attack the colonizers
1: in um in India. Yeah, and I'm putting this in the show notes, everybody. It's very mm-hmm. interesting. Yes, the thuggies. Okay, and it's
2: it even popped up in a popular movie, Indiana Jones. I think it was in Temple of Doom, and I have a clip explaining the thuggy.
4: Across the deepest, darkest jungles of India, there lies a secret network of ancient temples. In centuries past, these were the sites of horrific rituals, but today they are merely ruins, reminders of a dark power that is best forgotten. Beneath the majesty of Pankot Palace, however, this power still burned, kept alight by the cult of Thuggy. A secret religious society centered in (laughs) India, the thuggy were united in their worship of Kali, goddess of time, change, death, and the eradicator of all evils. The thuggy committed acts of terrorism and mass murder in her name, while offering up human sacrifices in their scattered temples. Their ultimate goal was to rule the world through the power of Kali. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> I love that. Good. <laughs> so we're
2: gonna look at the esoteric meaning of thug it's, in the, yeah. in today's, it could be this similar because hip hop is often referred to as a death cult death cult. Yeah. As well. Because it worships, you know, uh death and destruction. Mm-hmm. So I just wanna lay that out. And, and and Tupac, it wasn't missed on Tupac with the origin of thug. He knew because I think uh what was the guy's name? His like, his basically an adoptive father, you know, hipped him to the word thug. So he just wasn't throwing this word, this term around lightly. He understood what the origin of the word was. That's um, how great art works. Mm hmm. So going back to Baltimore, this is where we get into the conspiracy is the second wave allowed to do what they, excuse me, is the third wave allowed to do what they do. And then there's this cat and cat mouse game between the, the police and the second wave. We get into the uh, crime surge after riots.
6: A deadly and violent weekend in Baltimore. Twenty nine people shot, resulting in nine deaths, bringing the death toll for the month of May to thirty five. The deadliest month in the city in 16 years. Baltimore's police commissioner says police are struggling in the Western District where Freddie Gray was arrested. Anger and mistrust between police and community at an all-time high. Officers tell me and their supervisors, anytime in a Western, when officers pull up to respond to a call, they have 30 to 50 people surrounding them. We have to send out multiple units at any time. They're just doing basic police work in a Western right now, which says that we have to work on that community engagement. A veteran Baltimore police officer who asked to keep his identity hidden tells CNN the spike in murders and gun crimes in Baltimore is the direct result of a coordinated. Police work slowdown. Why do you think that there is a great increase in the murder rate and the number of shootings in this town? Officers stop being proactive. Not patrolling.
8: Not patrolling, just stop being proactive. Not talking to the community. Not talking to, them to stop being proactive. I believe this is a direct result from officers holding back. Oof. So this
2: was two thousand fifteen. Mm-hmm. This right after Freddie Gray. They had the riots. Then the cops said, you know what? Blue flu.
9: Yeah. We're
1: not doing it.
2: We're not doing it. So what I'm laying out is, is is this all part of a structure? You have a bad actor come in, do something. Then you have the rioting. And then you have the cops. Painting as bad. And you say, Okay, fine. And then you have more crime. And then you have a crackdown due to the surge. Oof. And I'm not saying everybody's involved and I'm going to make that quite clear here. I think there's a small covert brotherhood inside of many, many different um, many, many different fields. The medical field the police feel, even education, that kind of steer or the callous for things to happen, and then they step back because they have they have their marching orders. I'm hmm. just gonna say that, mm-hmm. and I, I'm, I'm I'm gonna lay it out later, but just just see, so people know where I'm going with this. Okay. Um, but now you have
14: somebody come to the scene, Ras Simone. Ah, yes, our new leader. So Chaz is a nation without leaders. It's a flat system. It's anarchy. How long can that continue? Probably not very long. Anarchy isn't built to last. In the end, the strong always dominate the weak. And in fact, it's already happening. It took barely a day for the nation of Chaz to get its first warlord. (laughs) And it was quite a promotion for him. Just a week ago, Raz Simone was an up-and-coming rapper. He was also a super host for Airbnb. (laughs) Super. Now, he's a Monarch. In videos taken within Chaz, Simone is seen patrolling the area with his allies. They have guns. They're declaring, we're the police now. In one clip, the Monarch's men assault a citizen of Chaz for spray painting graffiti inside the zone. Just like the mafia, Chaz doesn't put up with nonsense like that in their own neighborhood. So a couple of observations after
1: having paid mm-hmm. attention to the show so far. I just love the, <laughs> just throwing in a super anything. I know he's not a super predator, but just throwing a super host of Airbnb just thought it was interesting in light of what we were uh-huh. talking about. Um, of course, he's a, a rapper, a rapper. Um, gee, maybe we should listen to what he's rapping about.
2: And it's not important. I mean, it is important, but the fact that they can say he's a rapper—oh, yeah—that gives him credibility. And now you have a black man, and you brought this up uh, about the left being okay with now guns. Oh, yeah. There's no. (laughs) Why is that? I'm gonna ask that question. But why all of a sudden now it's okay to have guns? I mean, everybody has guns. Uh, Well, you're talking about this guy's plucked out and put it on a pedestal. Yeah. Of Raz and Chaz It's like It's, what? It, it, it's like Somebody wrote this In it's some kind of
1: Raz and Chaz So first of all The What uh, The whataboutism Or what Fox News Would argue Back and forth With C- MSNBC And CNN Is How mm-hmm. come everyone Is all Oh my goodness There's white guys With guns Hanging out at the Capitol And that's all scary And we have to be frightened And uh, they're far right And they're probably KKK Nazi quadroons Whatever but then we got mm-hmm. black guys walking around with guns, and every the same people seem to be okay.
2: And we know Democrats has a huge plank, and you know, in their in their whole political yeah, not agenda, talk, not talking much
1: about the assault rifles these days.
2: At all, <laughs> I mean, because usually, usually they the say, table. "Well, this is not the way to go." You're, right? They're not saying this is the way to go. And the reason why I laid out the blue flu is this doesn't Chaz doesn't happen without. Uh, George Floyd. Right. So now you had the police backing off. That way. The radicals can show their full hand. And, you know, gain territory. And this is, this is what happens. Now we have. They can't use the Fox knows, like, they probably have a list of words we can't use. Like, okay, we can't use Super Predator. Nope, that's on the list. Can't use Thug. Nope, that's on the list. Rapper.
1: Warlord. (laughs) Warlord.
9: No, no. Warlord. Warlord.
1: (laughs) That's the new one. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Warlord. There's no
2: war, but, (laughs) or is there? But Warlord. I mean, that has, you know, this goes, when I was saying about the kids being child soldiers. Yes. back in the in, um, early 90s. This lends to that, that point I made there. Now they're warlords. Uh, so I went and found some tape of uh, Raz uh, Simone speaking uh, at a Black Lives Matter protest. Well, that's why we,
11: come here. we say Black Lives Matter but that's not
13: something to divide. Black Trans Lives Matter make some noise y'all. Huh? Yeah!
1: Senator and I didn't know it. Is he uh, in the House of Representatives? Is he on the He's Democratic Party?
2: In <laughs> on the on the Russia Russia Gate.
1: <laughs> I'm using that clip on No Agenda. Thank you. I'll
2: and, take that. And, and he feels the pressure because he knows. I made the point last time. Everything about this whole George Floyd Black Lives Matter Inc. Everything the cisgendered black male has been the face of it. Yes, he realizes that. This is why he's been elevated to the position he's been elevated to. Because like when it, when it, it hits the fan, it's like oh, it was it was the straight black guys, <laughs> you know, you know right. that the white guy, the white people, are black people, you right. know. <laughs> so
1: and by the way, we know it can't be the uh, uh black capital B people. Because look how nice it was in Brooklyn. They had a great little rally. Everything was fine. Everyone was happy. Right? It's, it the, black, it's the black guys. Yeah. it's
2: the straight black guys. they're, they're the problem. That's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> Every turn, the Atlanta cops—the only cops really hurt, not the one that did the shooting. We'll, we'll talk about that at a later. Day. I'm talking about the ones that harassed the two uh, kids from Morehouse and Spellman. Oh, yeah, the, uh, the, 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 the Rockefeller kids. created the, the wrong, the kids. Rockefeller created uh, HBCUs. Um. Yeah. Those five cops, black. Uh. The black cop that was killed guarding the point. Uh. The uh, pawn shop. Mm-hmm. Black guy. Black guy. You know. Um. Who else? George Floyd himself. Black guy. Uh. Every. All, all along the whole way. Black, black. 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 Straight men. And now we have Raz Simone from Chaz. <laughs> you can't make this shit up, man.
1: This is so good. It is so good.
2: So I got this clip and I forget what podcast it comes from, but I just want to hear the conversation and they talk about uh Chaz takes a dangerous turn for the worse.
6: Take a look at this clip. Thank you, everybody. Oh. It says, Raz is handing out AR 15s from the Ooh. back of his Tesla. I want one. He's, he's got,
9: got a te- Tesla.
6: He's got a Tesla? He's
9: a Tesla. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> this <What> has <he laughs> got a bunch of
6: rifles. Dude, he's <laughs> living. If you have a Tesla, you, you, you're living comfortable. He's living. Yeah, well, you're, you're, hey, man. You're privileged. He's
9: got rifles. Isn't, for everyone. isn't this
6: the case with, with a lot of these like Occupy yeah. occupation style protests? Like, yeah, trust people? fund babies. No, mm-hmm. look. It's always the people of means who have the ability to actually do this stuff. I can that's get free that's time. true. So take a look at this. It says, In Washington, to own an assault rifle, a person must be 21-plus, if outside their own home or business. They can charge Raz with a gross misdemeanor for the first transfer to anyone under 21, then a felony for everyone after. In this video, you actually see this dude Raz. Now, they've been calling him the warlord of the Chaz.
2: (laughs) So now we got Chaz (laughs) heading out (laughs) AR-15s out of the trunk of his Tesla. (laughs)
1: actually uh, the tesla doesn't have a trunk you only got a like a thing in the front oh excuse me i
2: I'm, I'm <laughs> haven't i on, haven't had the, uh, the luxury of the driving opportunity. one yes. yeah, the, uh, I, I drove one for a
1: weekend me. once and it's not worth it mo don't worry we're well, missing he's, out he's
2: nothing. handing out he's handing out <laughs> ar-15s out of the front of his tesla excuse me i stand correctly <laughs> that's all right
1: just making sure
2: we but, dot the i's across t's of course, he's handing it to, you know, a white kid. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's corrupting. He's he's corrupting the young white youth. He, this just this, 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 this ras here. Come on. Come on, man. <laughs> Joe Biden. Uh, <laughs> oh, we, man. And he's just conveniently caught. You couldn't do this in a warehouse somewhere. I mean, like you're doing it on the streets. Uh, yeah. Yeah. This that,
1: whole that thing stinks. Well, of course it does. It's just it's we, it's just waiting for something to happen, I guess.
2: Oh, it goes deeper, Adam. I mm-hmm. wish it was just
6: that simple. Uh, but let's get into the uh, dangerous turn for the worst part, too. In my opinion, I, you know what I find really funny? Where are all the gun control lefties to be like, you shouldn't be able to lend a gun to somebody? Mm-hmm. I don't think you can. I don't think that's legal. I think, think, you, legal. Can. I think yeah. you can in some, in some places. That's why I throw it to the I chat. I don't know. Can you, are you, are you allowed to take a they weapon and be like, no. here you go. They're saying, no, you can't nope. do that. Nope. Overwhelming. Yep, oh, no, no. No, 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 no,
5: no. Well, I don't know if you've actually asked yet or maybe you did, but it's an overwhelming no. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, I feel no. bad. This Raz is going to get
6: that guy
1: killed. Yeah. Yep. That whoever it is. Uh, Interesting. First mm-hmm. of all, I think this uh, panel of experts is wrong. Uh, I believe that is a. A loophole that is a proposed law that that people want to close. Uh, oh, you can
2: gift guns? Yeah, I think yeah, you can too I as think well. But I, I just want to show even. that the warlord thing is
1: sticking. Oh, of course it warlord. is. Yeah, He's, the He's a warlord. He's running around. They have no idea what a warlord is if you use using the And it was Tucker Carlson who launched that, as far as I know. I don't think anyone else, uh, I think he launched it. He he's the first
2: person I heard yes. talk about.
1: Yeah, That's the first I heard of it
2: too. A Ras, I'm about to say Chaz, but yeah, the first person to talk about Raz and and the Warlord.
1: But he said but it. But you in know kind, what? But he said it in a mocking way mm-hmm. because he's been doing the shtick of well, the the brand new nation of Chaz. You know, blah, 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 he's making he's, right. ma- he's mocking it, which is entertaining to a degree. Uh, but that he threw in the warlord, and I think he meant it cynically or kind of as a, in a mocking way. But it's really been taken quite seriously this term. It's,
2: it's stuck. It's it stuck. It's yeah, stuck. it did.
1: You're so right.
2: And we've seen this before: black men with guns being demonized, with the Black Panthers and the Mun- M- Munford Act. In early
7: 1967, the Black Panthers organized armed patrols through the poorest neighborhoods of Oakland, California, and. Act that some call the beginning of the modern gun rights movement. We would get out of the car. We would walk up to the scene.
3: Those who had rifles would carry them in the open, are clearly visible stand at a, uh, a distance where the police couldn't say they were interfering with their arrest or their detention of the individual and uh, make sure that uh, there was no brutality.
0: The police were confronted by citizens who were not just voicing their opinions but were armed.
1: Yeah, and that was Ronald Reagan I heard in there, and I think this is from the Ronald Reagan era. It is. And uh, but the uh,
2: beginning of the modern gun control began
1: with the Mulford Act, with,
2: with with armed black men.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Thanks again. What do they? Thanks again for they, leading. <laughs> Crikey. What do they have up their sleeve for Mr. Raz? What's, uh. what, what's really coming here? I'm. I'm thinking. When they- I say these things, I'm like, "You're handing guns out of a Tesla, out of the front of a Tesla, uh, <laughs> and to white kids it's, on camera. This seems like a setup.
1: Yeah, like so for something to happen, so we can really get something going here. We can get some we- uh, gun laws.
2: Because then you can say, even the left can't get guns right. <laughs> I didn't mean that as a pun. No, but, I like. That. Know- <laughs> <laughs> they can't. Yes,
1: yeah, very good."
2: So now we got to take everybody's guns, of course, right?
1: Obviously, Uh, we got kids with Teslas. Right.
2: Uh, So let's get to the second part of the Black Panthers clip.
7: Mr. Wilford, uh, your bill, you held your bill back to spring. What do you have in mind? Well, first, uh,
12: it's my intention to make it a felony to bring a a loaded weapon into the state capitol. I think that uh, the incident points out that, uh, uh, shockingly, that the laws are inadequate, but also serves to emphasize the fact that the laws are inadequate to uh, protect the innocent public when uh, bands of armed people, let me make it perfectly clear, this has nothing to do with any racial incident, because in my testimony yesterday, there were five white groups I discussed and one Negro group. Uh But when bands of armed people with loaded weapons can uh, uh, move about our streets, intimidating and frightening citizens and I think we should act and we intend to act.
1: <laughs> oh, that's how they were seen, huh? Now the Black Panthers that were protecting their own citizens. That, at least that's what I learned. It was completely okay for
2: people to have loaded guns in California up until this point. But of course, it's not race related. Oh, no. That's just a hell of a coincidence. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, it's something this yeah, thing stinks. Yeah, this,
1: it, uh, yes, yes, yes.
2: And when you really start to dig into who arm the Black
7: Panthers, it even stinks even more. We begin today's show with explosive new allegations that the man who gave the Black Panther Party some of its first firearms and weapons training was an undercover FBI informant in California. Richard Aoki was an early member of the Panthers and the only Asian American to have a formal position in the party. He was also a member of the Asian American political alliance that was involved in the Third World Liberation Front student strike. The claim that Aoki was uh, informed on his colleagues is Based on statements made by a former uh, agent of the FBI in a report obtained by investigative journalist Seth Rosenfeld, author of the new book *Subversives: The FBI's War on Student Radicals and Reagan's Rise to Power*.
1: Oh man, this is so good! <laughs> and you know, as you're as you're kind of setting us up, I, I can already feel mm-hmm. where it's headed. Um, but for sure, there's always been a. A moves like if we can just disarm everybody <laughs> then we'll really have control and man it was a, an article in the nation and mm-hmm. it was about uh trump's uh, seeming lack of uh response and this is why uh when you were talking about you know set up something something's going on it obviously at surface level at a very at a surface level analysis it's obvious trump is being baited He's being baited, you know, from a political standpoint, nothing would be better for Joe Biden to have uh, the 101st Airborne cracking skulls of kids in, in downtown Seattle. Uh, so he's I think he's not going to do that. Yeah. You know, it's like that's what we, that's what we need. Kent State Trump. You know, that's exactly what what they're going for. It's a damned if you do, damned if you don't. Correct. If you
2: don't do anything, his base, and I think that's why he had to throw red meat to him because yep. he's like he has to still yep. seem okay. and control, yep. even though he knows his hands are tied mm-hmm. that he really can't do anything. It's like when your kid acts up in the supermarket, you really want to spank him, yeah, but, but it's you, like ah, <laughs> you can't I don't want to do care and calling the cops on me, you know? It's like so. what, what?
1: What did you? My mom. <laughs> here's what my mom would do. She would grab my face. With her hands and squeeze mm. so hard, and she said, "Oh, are you feeling better now? Are you going to be a little bit quieter?" And she would sque- my my mouth would be like a like a goldfish.
2: I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, I, I don't,
1: did you get that, I, or what'd you get?
2: Is that is the that, is really tall
1: tactic? <laughs> that's where she got it from, no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> no, but what did your mom do? The exact same
2: thing, or like okay, ah, to, or, <laughs> or through clenched teeth say, "Yeah, where till I get you home?" Like, yeah, okay, like that kind of thing. Yeah, but the squeeze, I think that's a that's taught in mom boot camp. Is <laughs> we got very we, we,
1: we got to remember to talk about that because you know th- we had the hairbrush, <laughs> we had all kinds of stuff. I just like to know if the, at one point we should talk about that, see what differences there were in our households or or that's exactly
2: what it is that the kids are acting up in the grocery store, and Trump's like, I can't get you here. You know, so right. he,
9: he, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Right.
2: His ha- his hands are tied. Yeah, yeah. But it's a it's amazing how the Black Panthers are walking around the streets of California with FBI supplied guns. <laughs> history Dude. repeats itself. No, history repeats itself. But let's let's get um. Back into the second clip of the FBI informant.
7: Over the last 30 years, Rosenfeld sued the FBI five times to obtain confidential records. He eventually compelled the agency to release more than 250,000 pages from their files. In this video, produced by the Center for Investigative Reporting, Rosenfeld explains how he first stumbled across information about Richard Aoki. A former FBI agent had heard that I was doing research. Then he
8: contacted me. Uh, his name was Bernie Threadgill. But he says, hey, I know that guy. And he said, Aoki was was my informant. I developed him.
7: Seth Rosenfeld reports that Aoki may have been covertly filing reports on a wide range of Bay Area political groups, according to the bureau agent who recruited him. Uh, He interviewed Aoki twice in 2007 about those allegations. (laughs) Where'd you get this from? What's what's the source of this? That's Amy.
2: show. What is it? Uh... What is there? What is there? NPR? Not NPR. What? Um, uh, PBS. PBS. Yeah. Oh, uh, yes. P-
1: Democracy P- now. <clears throat> yeah. Democracy
2: now. Yes. Huh. Okay. So this is not from some white, uh, right wing publication. This mm-hmm. is the left talking about how the, uh, these groups were infiltrated. So I, I found this other clip of, of another ex FBI informant. And he really lays out how that process works of the infiltration and how it's tracked uh, and goes on.
13: In the summer of 1978, I interviewed a man who worked as an informer for the FBI during the 1960s. His name is Dothard Perry, also known as Ed Riggs, also known as Bill Perry, also known as Othello. How were you paid? The pay was always in cash cash and you would sign a card it would go like this a rendezvous or a drop-off point would be picked out either by yourself or the agent he would meet the agent there Uh, usually it would be in a vehicle you get in the vehicle he would hand you the money he would tell you first to count the money he would tell you the amount while you counted it if the amount was there he would then bring out a card on that card would be for the week of such and such in other words the week was dated so and so has been paid the amount of then you would sign the card, and then the agent would sign the card. The reason for this is that if uh, all of a sudden the IRS became very interested about where you were getting all this extra money from, you could always tell them to go back to the Bureau, and the Bureau would have your cards on file. Hmm.
1: (laughs) Convenient?
2: (laughs) Taxable income. Yes. (laughs) We'll exempt you from that. No problem. Nice. I just wanted to give a background on how these interactions took place and the incentive, actually there were incentives to collect even more information.
13: Uh, were there such things as bonuses? Oh yes. What were they paid for? Bonuses were paid for, um, suppose while you were meeting with um, or you were at a meeting with Bobby Seals Uh, July of the Red Army happened to come to the meeting too which is something which would be a new development that's that's bonus time in other words a hot piece of information hot piece, very hot piece did you ever suffer pangs of conscience? quite a few times quite a few times I still suffer pangs of conscience Uh, I suffer from the fact that a lot of people trusted me, and I misused that trust. I suffer from the fact that uh, a lot of information that I gave out was the undoing of certain groups or certain people.
1: Now, wait a minute. Did he just Mm -hmm. implicate Bobby Seals, one of the, I think, uh, was he one of the founders of the Black Panthers? Or one of the originators?
2: Well, that was the West Coast Panthers. See, w- <clears throat> I'm not going to go down the Panther rabbit hole today. Okay. All right. Because there, there is a difference between the uh, Fred Hampton East Coast Panthers and then the West Coast Panthers. There's a huge difference. And I, I don't want to go down there. Okay, But what I would like to tell people to know is we give you hot pieces of information without... Pains of consciousness. So I mean, so we don't, we don't, we give you good information, and we, you know, um, and we reward it back with value as well. So
1: yes, we do. And here is a clip to put that in motion.
4: How did my whole speech about how I need subs and to get the stream going, if you like the content, blah blah blah, how (laughs) that results in zero subs? There are regulars here. (laughs) Five dollars a month. (laughs) <laughs> How do you have hours of time to watch me and not five dollars? I don't know, what are you doing with your life where you have hours of time to watch and not $5 to provide for the content that you're watching? Because it's like people just really have no, they really don't respect me as a content creator.
1: Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Girlfriend, you may be doing it wrong. How about you make an outstanding product first and not just sit there yammer about? Who the hell knows what she's all about? Yes, Uh, but part of it is uh, that we don't believe in taking commercial or corporate money for any reason because or or government money oh, for uh, <laughs> for <that> government. <laughs> government money yeah and and i'm and i'm still waiting for the offer from russia but you know i haven't seen any of that so uh we really know that we can't um we'd be canceled we the, the mo would be canceled i'd be canceled the show would, it wouldn't happen if we had advertisers that's how we had to rely on for income not interested in that we're interested in value value comes in many different forms on this show and these types of programs value for value if you hear someone talking about it uh it can just be you contributing uh, a a piece of information um helping getting someone else to listen there's a lot of ways to do it obviously we love it when people translate the value they get from the show because we think it's an outstanding product it is an outstanding product Whatever that value is to you. For some, well, you'll see in these notes, because this is why we'd like to highlight our producers and thank them for their financial support. they like to mm-hmm. talk to us in numerology. they like to talk to us in different kinds of notes. Um, and we'll start off with uh, our executive producers for episode 41, which is uh, $200 and above. And we kick it off with Jackie Green with $333.33, which is an unbelievably gracious Uh, value uh to us and really appreciate that and jackie says great new podcast fellas Uh, love from the green family thank you very much top exec for today stephanie sykes at 242 dollars and 45 cents keep bringing the heat is the note i'm not sure what the uh 24245 do you have any idea what the what the number is for if that's something i I should know 2424 i don't
2: recognize it
1: Hmm. well, uh, Stephanie, if you want to follow up, let us know. Thank you very much. Uh, then we have regular David Fugazoto. Dave comes in with his favorite 23456, and he has a note here, um, Mo and Adam, these shows get better and better, and I find myself frequently doing the MoFax version of propagating the formula. <laughs> this podcast is exactly what should be taught in university-level black studies course. However, I suspect the typical syllabus is quite different. <laughs> Thanks for having the conversations that we should be having if we ever want to see improvement in our collective understanding of race. Keep it up. And how about a, helping, a heaping helping of Mo Karma? I think we definitely can hand that out to you, Sir Dave. You've got Mo Karma. Dave has been separated. He's in uh, the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. He's been separated from his, uh, his family for, I think, almost five months now. Damn. Uh, yeah, and although I read that it was lifting some restraint. Yeah, he, he can't fly out and they can't fly in. It's really, it's messed up. Uh, but clearly we're keeping him busy. <laughs> Thank you, David. Now, this next note, uh, our next executive producer, Travis Rudolph, $200. Um, now, he says specifically, he says, you know, and the way we, we Jamal and I talked about it before the show, we interpreted that uh, he said, you don't have to read this note, uh, but I really want to share it because this is the kind of note that um, makes makes it really, that's why I get up in the morning. And I think, Mo, you share my sentiment on this. Uh, yep. Travis Rudolph says, Gentlemen, thank you for episode number 40. I randomly chose that episode on a road trip from Seattle to Idaho this weekend. I wanted to treat my family to a weekend of unmuzzled freedom and eating inside a restaurant. There was a transformational impact on us listening to your discussion. We paused the podcast many times to have conversations amongst ourselves. Hardest hit by all of this craziness has been my 18 year old daughter. She's a white teenage senior, the hardest working person I know. She busted her ass every school, every year of school, did all the right things running, start, band, theater, AP classes, received a full scholarship at a top rated private university. She got fucked out of all the experiences she earned graduation, senior prom, final play, uh, post high school summer vacation. Now she has lifelong friends disavowing her for refusing to stand on a street corner screeching at people about black lives i helplessly watched her sink into a very dark sadness the pain of that i can't describe it's a deep cut your podcast changed her on the trip home i watched her listen to i watched her listen to your podcasts she was taking notes i know my daughter she's a tiny shy introvert, introverted force of nature she's studying your work Adam, get that list of clips up. Yes, I'm doing it now. It's already up. She's starting to stand up straight again, smile and joke. She's arming herself with facts. Now, I'm not, here's where he says, I'm not wanting you to read this on the podcast necessarily, just wanting you to know the positive impact on my family. No jingles, just a shout out to my daughter. She'll hear it. Alyssa, I love you so much. I could not be more proud of you. And to the people responsible for this, a big double barrel middle finger F U. thanks guys uh travis says p.s mo get a p.o box we'll put you on our christmas card list <laughs> which you need to go we, we love christmas card this is this note uh warms my heart i really really appreciate uh you telling us this story travis i i like
2: i said i'm i'm at a loss for words that you know the way we can help people. I mean, we come here, and we, we have a good time, but when you can help people and have a good time, I couldn't think of anything better. I would spend three hours on
1: each week. And that's just the part people hear, Mo. <laughs> <laughs> right. Not, not the work that goes into the three hours. Thank you so much, uh, Travis. Really appreciate that. Uh, first, associate executive producer, $100 from Katie McKernan. Hey, Mo and Adam, she says, thanks for the show. I really love that you discuss so many difficult topics that no one else will touch. I just sent in my value for value via PayPal. I've learned so much from your conversations and hope you keep it going. We all need this. A little Mo Karma would be great. Yes, of
3: course.
4: You've got
1: Mo Karma. Uh, Josh Quinlan, also an associate executive producer with $100, says, Really enjoying learning along with you, Adam and Mo. Thank you so much. Uh, Then we have Connor Lawrence, uh, $61.61 no idea why the numbers love it anyway uh wait 61 61 that's got to be some kind of weird sexual thing hmm, i don't think about it <laughs> in the morning <laughs> <how that works. laughs> in the morning In light of father's day my donation is for my papa in heaven who would have been oh here we go who would have been 61 this year he, okay okay yeah, we got it all right man he took me to my first concert when i was 13 slayer in poughkeepsie yes nice <laughs> that's a good one to see when you're 13 i love you and miss you every day dad and if y'all could do an f cancer for everyone who lost their fathers out there it would be deeply appreciated and maybe a wusa and a mo karma for all the dads out there you two included thank you uh one question for you both have you read the letter by cardinal vegano to trump and if so what are your thoughts uh yes i have have you read this uh, mo no I haven't seen that if you could send me a link I uh, I love to Yeah he's he's a retired I think it was uh, archbishop I don't know if he was cardinal or archbishop uh he's making uh he's uh clearly uh, siding with Trump and is causing all kinds of interesting strife inside the uh, inside the church communities communities mm. I should say because there's many many of them Uh so um definitely something that'll come up somewhere I'm sure uh Connor Thank you both for the show last week and all that you've provided me in mind and spirit. Even though I've never uh, met uh, either of you, I know that both of you are tremendous fathers and deserve two months vacation with pay for the thankless job you have. (laughs) And I say the same for all dads out there. Moms can keep that hallmark bullshit. Give dad something tangible, gosh darn it. (laughs) Love and lights, gents. See, people catching on. Love and light, gents. Keep up the Lord's work with love and reverence. Your friend Connor... Uh, he said, and is this, uh, he has a, uh, I guess, a signature. There's no such thing as white collar crime. There's no such thing as black on black crime. Crime is crime. Let me tell you something. I don't care if you're in a white collar or a tank top. If you rob me, I'm going to whoop your ass. Attributed to Bernie Mac. Connor, thank you very much. I think I have that handy. While you're looking for I just want
2: to say something right quick that don't underestimate. The power of a good dad. I mean, you heard Tupac say it. I mean it, it would have changed his life tremendously. And I think that, you know, I would like to dedicate this show to my dad as well. Oh. So
1: don't don't let that be missed. That's so nice. Uh in the meantime, I did find it and uh here we go. You've got Mo Nice combo. Thank you, Connor. Yes, powerful stuff there. (laughs) Uh, $60 from Alejandro Alcoser. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. Hey, Mo, just started listening from Rogan to No Agenda to you. Nice. From Rogan to No Agenda to you, and I find your insights unparalleled and packed with fascinating information. Thank you for doing this, and I would love to hear you as a guest on other great podcasts like The Portal with Eric Weinstein. We talked about him several times. Uh, mm-hmm. and I predict uh, many appearances for you, young Mo. Thank in, you sir in your future. I am quite sure of this. <clears throat> uh fifty dollars from Mike Clark, who just says thank you and we thank you. Peter Boyle, fifty dollars no note. Chris Cowan or Cohen, fifty dollars. Mo and Adam, oh, Baron Chris here. I started listening in February. Time to be a donor, not a boner. By the way, I'm also a Jay Dyer listener, so was surprised. <laughs> <laughs> to hear your sound clip from his analysis of the Wizard of Oz, yes, indeed, yes, and indeed. Actually, Jay Dyer reached out on Instagram. Oh, that's right. Didn't he ask if you, we should be
2: on the show? Isn't it something like that? Yeah, yeah that's yeah. He actually asked that as well. I told him I'll run it by you, but he actually followed on Instagram and said uh, we did a great analysis on that that show as well. So, does he want us both on? Or is you, yeah, both, both. Really, I don't know at the same time or different or what. Well, I'll be one. Yeah, I would uh, I would
1: uh, I think you should do this. You you, you need to go right. out, you need to be on his show.
2: Right. I, I told him that we'll get back to him, but I and mean, if he's listening, that's that offer still I mean is accepted. Just let us know
1: when. Yeah, you should, let me know you should when. totally do that. Totally. Right. Uh, I I have not heard his show, but I'll have I've listened to him. He does a lot of in-depth uh I've heard of yes, him yes, I've heard of yeah. him, of course. It's only so much time in the day. <laughs> it's nuts uh okay so perfect thank you chris uh mitchell dunn fifty dollars no note but thank you very much david drake love the show went from jre to no agenda to mofax and have already felt the value and donated to both uh no ng i presume he means no agenda and Mm -hmm. mofax this is great and this is this is what joe told me he said he says that it worked for him just by everyone going on each other's podcast And it works, man. I love that. Thank you, David. Start Now Media, $50 with a note that says an amazing show and powerful resource. Love you both. Thank you. And uh, again, we're now putting the uh, clips into all of our uh, show notes, and I'll get that done retroactively as well. Uh, Mm -hmm. Firearms Training Central left no note, but did leave $50 for us, and we thank Firearms Training Central. Nathan Craddock, uh, my wife and I, $50 from uh, Nathan. My wife and I have been listening together, and we're loving the show. The structure, format, and obvious effort that goes into each episode is fantastic. Thank you. We appreciate that. $50 from Julian Erickson. Your show is incredible, and the timing couldn't be better to have these conversations. You two are doing the Lord's work. Keep it up. I've learned long ago, the universe works in very, your Lord, universe, whatever you want. It works in strange and mysterious ways. I'm sure none of this is a coincidence. It's part of some plan. These things happen, and a single tweet. Just let that people let that sink in a single DM. Yeah, say it again. Give this synopsis. It's nice for people.
2: A to hear. single DM on me sharing with Adam some information on ADOS and reparations snowballed into what you you, you see here today. And they'll continue to snowball into many other uh, opportunities and uh just opportunities. I mean to to share good information. I will I hope people understand that it was just
1: one single DM, and it's beautiful. That, and how it happened was perfect. And I think show one we probably talked about that a little bit, right? I, I think right. so. Um, where were we? I think you stopped. Yeah, I'm at the, Paul. Uh, Paul Arsenal. Yeah. Paul Arsenal. Mm-hmm. Fifty dollars. Mo has educated me in twenty episodes, and then three years. Oh, Mo has educated me in 20 episodes. Uh, I think they should be more than, more than, yeah, yeah more than three yeah. years of sociology with with a fraction of the cost so far. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Seeing a new Mo Facts episode makes happiness shine through the fog. Wusa, please. Of course, we got that for you. Wusa. Travis Rudolph. Uh, wow, this is Travis coming back again. Is it? Or was that a different Travis we had at the top? I think this is Travis Rudolph. Uh, the other Travis was... Travis, Travis. yes. Tra- Tra- I think he has a subscription, Mo. So maybe... I think so. Okay. Um, wait, am I just making this up? Are you? Yeah, no, here it is, Travis Rudolph. Uh, oh, <laughs> it's an FYI, $50. FYI, I'm a white trash high school dropout. I was never supposed to be anything. My daughter's the first in my family to go to college. I made a decent life for my family through trade, through a trade. We support anyone Mm -hmm. who is hardworking. America is not racist. (laughs) Thank you, Travis. I like that note. Art van der Wilp, sounds like one of our Dutch producers, $50. No note, but thank you, Art. Aaron Baer, $50. And the note is, is it me or do you see an angle to cover both Adam and John's white tears in the face of America's changing demographics? Well, this is a question for you. I think. Let me try it again. I read that
2: question. I'm not understanding. I wanted to see what you took from it. Is it me, or do you see an angle to cover? I, I'm at the wondering if he's talking about this show. Or, no, i not.
1: Uh, yeah, I think. Let me let me read it. Again. I'll read it again. Yeah, read we'll, the whole thing I'll read it, read and read the we'll whole thing. It. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it's fifty dollars. <laughs> so thank you, Aaron, for this. All right. Aaron says, "Is it me?" Or do you see an angle to cover both Adam and John's, that would be Dvorak, white Mm -hmm. tears in the face of America's changing demographics? America will be a majority non-white nation within the next 25 years. Whites who are not black adjacent, family of color in any variation for inclusion's sake, are are having a hard time with this because as Dave Chappelle told us, white supremacy is a hell of a drug feel free to mention my other moniker, Incognigro. Oh, so Incognigro, um, who I believe is ADOS, uh, has been mm-hmm. supporting no, or was supporting no agenda show. I don't know if he still does. Uh, in fact, we thought he was Man Overboard. And I think his question is, if if somehow this show is to, uh, I don't know, help us either spiritually over the changing demographic... I, the way I take it, and this is interesting, and I don't want to know who you take. The way I take mm-hmm. it is he's saying, uh, oh, well, boo-hoo, uh, these guys are going to be in the minority, and uh, you're helping them, or you're giving them... I I interpret this quite negatively as maybe as cre- giving them credibility. I, How do you take it? I
2: kinda, it's kind of smelled of that. I'm going to tell people right now. If I've you a virtue signaling or are trying to bend to you no know, accommodate me, I would definitely let you know I mean like that I mean that that would be something like like dude, you gotta knock that off because <laughs> yeah, we, it would, no seriously because yeah. we come we come here as two men. I want everybody to know the 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 format of this show. I look at things in the media as the third wave, right we looked at the third wave we talked about, but nobody humanized them. Exactly. I bring the information to you and then we talk about it. We
1: process There's it together. No,
2: yeah. And I don't want you to say, oh, let me see what will make Hope Mo happy. No, I want you to push back as <laughs> exactly. we as we did with passing and any yeah, other all things. That stuff. Yeah, If we don't agree, then we say, you know what? We don't agree about that. And it might even be another show when we go on these little uh, tangents of disagreeing because at the end of the day, that's what makes us different tribes. We want to be different tribes, yes, right? You know, yes. Or yes. different schools of fish. Exactly. And it's like, you know what? I can't I can't get with that. Or, you know, I don't see it that way. And then we move on. But to just kowtow to each other, that's very disingenuous. And I wouldn't be part of anything. No, me neither. Of, <laughs> Who has of time that for nature.
1: I have no time for that shit.
2: Neither do you. Right, um, there's a bunch of liberals out there. I could do this show if if that's if that's what I wanted to do. It has somebody kiss my ass, and that's not that's not what I want. I mean,
1: I've not ever even seen Mo. He could be a Jewish white guy for all I know. No idea who this guy is. I don't know who he is. Don't and start that again. Don't start
2: that again. <laughs> Quincy Quincy just got convinced though. Don't, don't don't make, don't make Quincy uh, doubt me uh,
1: again. Yeah yeah yeah. Uh but Incognito um I will let uh, JCD know that uh, you're around and uh, right. and it certainly appreciate your um very much appreciate your support. Uh so I guess you are receiving some value from this and uh yeah I'll I'll echo what, what you just said, Mo. Uh, we're two American guys. We happen to be two American dads. That's pretty much right. it. And we have American, you know, it was a little little age difference, you know, ten years, but not much. And uh, we have uh, very similar issues and views. G- g- surprise, right. surprise! And, but then we have
2: very different lineage and yeah. generational yeah. makeups. But we, what we come here to say, how we perceive things. We we see the same exactly. thing, and sometimes it's like blue blue gold dress That's or black right. gold, That's or, right. Or and we, now, like I said, we provide a conversation so people can say, you know, I'm not crazy as well. And then yes. you hear from all these other <laughs> clips that. And if we start, like I said, we even limit our contact not to uh, pollute the show th- uh, in that way. Correct. Yeah. So <laughs> we'll send each
1: we'll send each other a link or something, and like, hey, right. check this Just, out, check that out. But no, that's that's the beauty of it. Yes, that isn't total, total beauty. Mm. All right. right. All right. Well, this is this is one of the best donation segments we've had. I really like it. Uh, and we're almost there. Tyler Boyd, $50. Mm-hmm. Um, Dear Mo and Adam, I had a dream last night. I was driving and saw Malcolm X walking down the street. So I picked him up, bought him a new pair of shoes. I don't know what it means, but I've decided to donate to MoFax. Keep up the good work. P.S. Have you ever looked into Malcolm's spiritual beliefs, especially after his Hajj journey?
2: There was a definite, uh, after Malcolm's pil- pilgrimage, he did do a, uh, a pivot, uh, because he saw kind of like what, like it lends into the last conversation we were just having. The world is a lot bigger than, than we, we make it to be. Oh, uh, but, pe- gosh, but people yes. are, are, are very similar when you boil it down to the, the, the simple things.
1: So true. And most people are dicks. Just depends on how much of a dick and- they are. <laughs> Self-serving <laughs> too. Yes, of course, of course we are. Everybody is. Uh, right. Sven Holstella, uh, no note, but forty-nine ninety-nine. Thank you very much. CSS Computer Solutions and Service. Oh, this DH Slammer, uh, mm-hmm. that God Show. The God. The, the God. DH Oh, put, put D. H. Respect, D. H. The God. Our, I'm sorry. Yeah, so, there you go. I'm sorry. Let me try that again. <laughs> DH Slammer, the God Show club donation <laughs> so this is a this is a new this is the 41 dollar, right this is the dh slam of the god show <clears throat> club donation 41 dollars, and he wants a wusa. we got that for you hit the Wusa. <laughs> get a kick out of that one Uh, where are we? Christopher Christopher, Sharbarak, $40, he says, for episode 40 from No Agenda, Sir Acid of the Scandinavian Woods. Thank you very much, Sir Acid of the Scandinavian Woods. Uh, Chris Grimal, $40. Wow, what a revelation with The Wizard and The Wizard of Oz and the Yellow Streets. Thank you for another eye-opening show. Uh, Yeah, we got a lot of feedback on that. Love it. Torben Peterson, $33.33, a magic number. No note, but thank you. Uh, Randall Curry, Randall, I am not familiar. Uh 3333. Thank you, Mo. Always an incredible analysis and tremendous value to me. Adam's okay too. Please keep it going. That <laughs> says Randy. Thank you, Randy. If you want Randy at Curry.com for email address, hit me up. Happy to do it. Uh Paul Arsenal. I think this is Paul's uh I just saw him. Didn't we just see him up here with 50? Yeah, this may be his uh, special donation, 3156. Um it's probably Scandinavian dollarettes, so that's mm-hmm. that's why it's an odd number. And it says, "Sir, Scandinavian owes mo for happiness." Well, we just like to look at value, and if you're if you're uh, looking at value and happiness, that's perfectly fine by us. Mm-hmm. Uh, bristle and strotch, thirty dollars. No note, thank you. Don Mills, excellent work. Keep it up. And thank you with the $25. Elvis, here we go. Chef Elvis Rosenberg. The chef chef himself. $25. One word note. Brilliant. Thank you. Joseph Diverniero. I know this name. Found you guys from No Agenda. There you go. Immediately subscribed after checking out an episode. Currently catching up on all the back catalog. Could I please get some Mo Karma? You know you can. Thank you so much, Joseph. You've got Mo Karma. Steve Dew, also a familiar name, $21. And the note, the word radical comes from the Latin radicalis, meaning of or pertaining to the root. Our man Mo is not concerned or satisfied with observing and attacking the leaves or even the branches of the tree of evil. Same for Adam, which is why the universe led them to each other. There you go. That's why they both dig deep to get to the root of the problem to see where it is growing from. We all listen to do the same thing. So to keep you guys chasing the wh- so to keep you guys chasing the white rabbit for us to be able to listen, here's a new one and an old twenty to support the show. Stay radical. Give me that goat wusa. Adam says Steve do with twenty one dollars. Thank you very much, man. That's incredibly appreciated. And I'll give you that. For the- <laughs> goat wusa. <woosah. sighs> from Paul Rothwell. Thank you very much. Casey Marshall, also $20. Carlo Romero, $20. And he says, episode 40 was truly a masterpiece, leaving my usual 20 in appreciation of what you guys do, which is simply tell the truth. I've been to the third world countries where I've seen what poverty does to its people. I'm glad and fortunate to be living in this country. Which direction do you feel our country is headed? For the better or for the worse? Or are these times simply history repeating itself? To campara, says Carlo. I'll let you answer that first, Mo.
2: I think it's they're trying to head us to a uh, communist country, but I just don't think we're gonna give it give it up that easy. I just I just don't think it's in the core of us. I think we'll go down fighting before that happens, and and before that, and I'll say this: if you just make people aware of what's going on, uh, the biggest tool they have right now is propaganda. So we we have to, you know counter that. Then it doesn't need to
1: get to anything uh, negative. I agree. Uh, and I cannot say anything else other than an, as an American that, of course, this is going to, we're going to come out of this much better. But I believe it will get a hell of a lot worse before we turn the corner. We're not there yet. But nope. as, as you point out, Mo, with information, uh, we arm us with ourselves with that and counter the propaganda, which is, really everyone can do just by turn off the damn phone and television for a bit. Um, uh, I think it will be, it will get better. I'm an optimist, so I have no other way to think. Uh, rounding out the list. Yeah, I know you are. Sean DeSantis enjoys the show. Sent us $20. 1912 from Jonathan Evans. Thank you for your show. The last episode was maybe the best yet. That's very nice of you to say. John Taylor sends us $15. James Holly. Keep that Mo Karma coming. I'll give you some of that right now. If you need it. (laughs) You've got Mocom Sebastian Maraquin sends us ten dollars and says, "As a non-black father of two adult black daughters, you provide way more value than I have given in helping me better understand the mind control media that my girls are inundated with and the many hours of eye-opening dinner conversation we've had due to the talking points points I've gotten from Mo. Another. Great note. I love hearing this, Sebastian. Thank you. I'm sure Mo and this is this say. is how we change
2: it. I mean, we get the younger younger people, and exactly. I, I, I would love to get the younger people exactly uh, catch me young that way. They we we can arm them
1: with good facts to exactly. push back exactly information they can use in their processing and need to provide provide it all uh two more here daniel navetta five dollars uh value for value uh david daniel says more to come after my wedding take your time (laughs) we'll be here no worries family first thank you for the value it's highly appreciated and finally uh pineapple brickyard says in the morning with three dollars and 33 cents we love the magic numbers thanks for the wonderful black history insights and the most affordable producer credits in podcasting You're more than welcome. And we really appreciate all of our producers who have helped us in our value for value proposition. We're glad you get it. We're glad you understand it. The notes are great. Um, hearing some of these personal stories are just fantastic, and it's appreciated. You can support us by going to mofax.com. That's our uh, our main website. You can find the, the podcast feed there. And, of course, we have archives, which are getting better by the day. And uh, we, if you want to support the show, if you want to return some value, you can go directly to our donation page, which is at mofundme.com, M-O-E-F-U-N-D-M-E.com, and thank you all again so much. Which means we've come to the crescendo of the show, my favorite bit where you... Well, who knows what you'll do today. <laughs> well... We talked about
2: the involvement of the police in this whole song and dance act. Yes. Uh, Before we get to the police, and because it's not just exclusive to them, I said it's in the medical field, it's in the uh, educational field, field even probably even business, I'm sure as well. Uh, We have this thing where you, I think you sent it to me. It was the nurse. That exposed what was going on in New York. The, Under, the, the, the undercover
1: nurse, yes. The
2: undercover nurse, yes. She said a couple things. I mean, she said a lot, but she said a couple things that I wanted to pluck out and just share with people, and then think about it in this, in the that same mindset into the police department. So, what we have here is the setup to fail.
10: Um. I don't know. I honestly, I, I have no idea how
1: there is. I, I should probably set this up a little bit better. just so Okay, people please, understand. please. Because the video of hers really didn't get uh, as much traction as I thought it would. It m- maybe correctly so. I don't know. Okay. Um, this was a, 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 a Army veteran who had uh, nurse who had served in uh, Iraq, uh, done, I think, two tours. And she uh, works at a small Uh, hospital a private hospital in Florida and when the uh, when the coronavirus struck New York City she went to New York to Elmhurst which is the epicenter of the epicenter as we've learned from uh, the brilliant Governor Cuomo where you know this is where people were dying left and right they had the refrigerated trucks instead of the morgue it was full it was horrible and she has done this long expose of what she feels were all incredibly bad uh, practices and Equivalent of death panels of deciding who lives, who doesn't, mistakes, procedural issues, uh, possible um, choices being made for money. Um, Really, really eye-opening. I will Mm -hmm. disclaim it, Joe, by saying that uh, I've had several medical professionals email me and they do take issue with some of the things she says. uh, Although there's a lot of things that everyone agrees on. Uh, But I'm very so. I'm. I think this will stand by itself. Whatever the clips are, I haven't heard them. Uh, So that's who the undercover nurse is, and uh, she has a book coming out and all kinds of stuff. So we'll we'll learn more about her, and and people have the opportunity to debunk her if necessary. Uh, But it shocked me for sure.
10: Um, I don't know. I honestly, I, I have no idea how they're assuming everybody is just the same. There's no individuality anymore. These residents, I think a lot of them are just stone cold. You know, there's no emotion and they don't view people as people anymore. You almost feel like you are literally living in the Twilight Zone and you feel like you're the only sane one and a bunch of insane people. And it's scary because these are the people that others are trusting to take care of them. And they're really doing the opposite. I'm to the point where I'm afraid that I'm gonna start thinking that this is normal. <laughs> I don't wanna ever get to that point because they think that. Like the people I work with that are local nurses and doctors don't see anything wrong with this. Like all these negative tests, and they're and they're putting them on these fence. it hopeful that they'll get it. They're being put on these COVID floors. Is murder? It, it straight up is. It is setting these people up for failure based on money. But
14: Medicaid is. Who pays out, or who's paying this bonus of $29,000? I
10: I believe it's Medicaid, Medicare. Mm. It's government money.
1: Uh, Let me alley-oop this for you. Okay. So the one thing that was interesting that both these, and uh, one of them is a resident at this hospital, and I verified Mm -hmm. that, and another is uh, uh, is a... thinks is a nurse practitioner, which is very, it's much higher than a, uh, a registered nurse. Um, both of them were hurt by this allegation. And it was very telling to me. They were hurt by the allegation that the professional, the medical professionals were not seeing these people as individuals anymore. Uh, and they felt that that was actually something that hurt the feelings of the families, et cetera. So while they had technical uh, differences of opinion this hurt them personally to hear this, and I have not pushed back, and I don't know these people personally, uh, but I think this does happen in I've seen it uh, I, I've, I've been around uh, military, and you you get a you start to dehumanize people because there's no other way of you humanly dealing with the grief that you're seeing unfolding before you. Does that make, is that, is that the alley-oop for you or my off base? That's
2: exactly where I was going. Mm-hmm.
1: And I'm not talking about the individuals
2: that she discussed. She even said she's fearful
1: that she, that would, that she, she would become like that. Yeah.
2: She would become like yeah, that. Yeah. Now, what I want to do is paint the parallel with the medical uh, industry
1: with policing before before, before you even okay. do that before you even do mm-hmm. that i have two very good friends that i consider good friends uh both emts and um and i often uh, will say hey um let me ask you about that like george floyd i say, what are you seeing what just from the video evidence what is your experience because these are the very same people who go into these situations and who themselves are threatened threatened by people around them, while they're trying to help somebody, <laughs> they get threatened. Sometimes they help somebody, the person comes out of it, and they want to kill them for getting them. I and mean, it's it's a crazy occupation. And all right, I'll just give you one example. It'll it's very telling. Even though this guy, one of my favorite guys in the world, he's he's in Denver. And when I asked him about George Floyd, the way he described it is the soon-to-be deceased person, that's how he described in his reply Uh, uh, The situation with George Floyd And he wasn't doing it to be funny Mm -hmm. He's doing it because That's how he deals with What he sees every single day
2: And so And it it happens when you deal with A lot of negativity in any role Death,
1: death, destruction, family, drama You have no idea The horrible things these people see But it even happens in
2: regular industry I mean where you just a part is $20,000 and you just break it. And it's like, oh, well, I mean, you don't even, you don't, even think, you don't even
1: think about the $20,000 right. part that you just right. It's just like, yes, oh, yes, yes. It's oh, 20, well, oh, well, right. Yeah.
2: So what we're seeing here, I wanted to parallel, I want to show is all of this federal money came in after 94. Yeah. The 94 crime bill. Yeah. And it was like, you're dealing with little yummies, right? You're dealing with these <laughs> super predators, um, you know, they have no empathy. Got to get care how ar- they got there. weapons.
1: Got to get your armor No,
2: but this is this is Miss Clinton's words. We don't care how they got there. We just need to make them heal. Right? That that was that's that her was words. her words. Yeah, that's her words. So if you police go into the streets and then they see these kids and they they dehumanize them, uh really they don't relate with them cuz they're not from the community. They don't understand. They come from a totally different um uh background question we i i I, yeah go ahead do the black cops also not come from the from the same background no i mean because like you said if you like supat said when you get money you move out if you if you have a father a father wouldn't have his kids in that kind of environment it would be say for me for instance it would be crazy for me to move to west baltimore (laughs) <laughs> even though yeah. i would love to be around my people right and 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 bring change and mm-hmm. try to you know what i'm saying um bring education it's like the risk versus reward you we we, we, we all are humans and make these uh these these calculations yeah so a lot of these nurses and and as i the parallel making cops say well you know what i'm not even gonna make waves i mean because He'll be dead by 25 anyway. I mean, so a is back. What, what mean? I mean, he, something's going to get him. You know, if we're not going to kill him, you know, somebody's going to kill him. I mean, this, these are this. when you deal with this kind of thing and it's like, and then you're being funded and your livelihood is based on it. Mm-hmm. And then everybody's like, nobody's scared to say anything. Cause the, the hardest thing is to get one person to speak up. When one person speaks up, then it breaks the I mean, breaks the ice, right? And then everybody kind of chimes in. Yep. But for that one person, so what I want to say here is, the same thing happened here. She said they're set up to fail. What do they do? They put healthy people in with contaminated people. Mm-hmm. They do the same thing in jail. Right. You take a first time offender and put
1: it in, <laughs> and with you put the, them with the in like hardened
2: of- criminals. Yep and you expect them to survive how do you survive you're saying you need to make it out of the jungle you're saying you have to become you know you got to become uh, an animal yeah. right
9: I'll just and then say you it. bring
2: them back to the streets yeah you bring them back to the streets and it's like yeah it's I've operated you know I, right so i'm just want to draw that it's not and that's why i'm saying it's it's a systemic problem <laughs> it's the same it thing is, in the yes. business world it's mm-hmm, like yeah. hey well, I mean, we're helping, but also, so many people with our medicines. What so? What we kill a thousand with our, with our new prescription? You know, we yeah. save
1: as long as we can keep them on the good stuff and keep them going right. on the subscriptions, prescriptions.
2: Yeah. So I just want, um, I just wanted to lay that out because when I heard her talking, I was like, "Wow, this is the same mentality that cops have," or not all cops. Like I say, a lot of cops just like. Well, it's protocol. I mean, you can always hide behind protocol, right? It's like
1: training and protocol. You know, yeah,
9: yes.
2: Yeah, the, well, they taught us how to choke people, so I mean, they must want us to do it. This is how I, this is how I do my job. Now, I'm not saying they're not bad actors either, because as these clips progress to the <laughs> to no, the of end course. of the show, of
1: course, we, we're, gonna, we're gonna we're
2: uh, gonna we're gonna investigate these people that intentionally do these things. I think there are people in. Um and certain levels of the medical field and policing and education and uh business that are set up to that do the set up to fail. I mean they create the system that is set up to fail. So I'm not taking them off the hook either. So I guess let's move into the next clip, uh higher ups.
10: It's government money. But I don't know exactly where it's coming from, but I know that it is, but I know the orders are coming from, uh, the above, someone above and everybody says that it's someone higher up. I'm like, good call them like during that DNR when they're telling us, or the, the full code when they're telling us not to, you know, do CPR. Um, I'm like, all right, call your higher ups then let's talk about, and they wouldn't cause they're all scared. Everybody's scared. And everybody's scared to stick up for themselves. And I've
1: called a lot of doctors it's unethical to their face, and they deserve it. Yep. Now it's exact, but this is this is everywhere. It's in the it's in the company that you just described, where someone breaks mm-hmm. a twenty thousand dollar part. So, well, the higher ups and somebody up there, they we had at MTV, we had they, and so all of a sudden <laughs> it's uh, all with a they. It was <laughs> a they. It's like, and I would always it was a joke around the studio. I said, "Who's they?" Shut up, Curry. So, but why do we have to say Michael Jackson, king of pop? It they said so. Okay. And that's how it goes. And then at the time, uh I had no uh, no ground to stand on. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yeah, I'll do it. Okay, well, whatever you tell me to do, fine. And, and especially go ahead. Oh, okay. Let me cut you
2: off. But especially when you're in a field such as nursing or policing, uh you have a mortgage. You got kids, you got braces, you know, you got all these things like just go with the flow. I mean, I, like a lot of th- a lot of people want to question this COVID thing. A lot of people want to question the things that go on. They see in the news. But it's like, you know what? At the end of the day, I got to take care of me and mine. That's right? That's, right. That's the mentality. The me and mine's mentality. Uh, even. Myself. I mean, I, I try to keep a low profile because I had to k- take care
1: of me and mines, right? I mean, Mo, it's like, Mo, can't, I'm not <laughs> what we're seeing right now with the the virtue signaling, the donating money is all to t- ultimately to take care of me and mine. Hey, as long as my brand says we support Black Lives Matter Inc., mm-hmm. as long as as long as we say we 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 support Black Lives Matter, as long as I am holding the sign, as long as I am marching, then I'm good. Otherwise, I'm... Silence is violence. Silence is complicity. I don't want that. Mm-hmm. That's what people say. Of course, I don't v- virtue signal, and neither do you. Well, we we have different things to lose, um like dignity. But th- this is why people are doing it. I mean, th- uh, some of it, yeah, we've talked about white guilt, et cetera, et cetera. But it's, it's certainly for brands and corporations, easy way out, easy. It's called self-preservation. I mean, at the yes. end at the end of the it day, of course you have
2: is. to you know, have to got to survive, uh, do what's best for, for you and your family. And a lot of times, like I said, is I think that the nurses look the other way. They know in their gut. Um, police look the other way. They know the bad actors, but it's like, you know what? That's not what they say that, 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 the that's the juice is not worth the squeeze. You know, that kind of thing It's like, <laughs> I'm not. That's not the hill
1: I want to die on. Well, just for for another show, we should uh, we should certainly look at um, the way uh, policing and Mm -hmm. uh, prisons are portrayed in the media and in shows and in drama and entertainment. Uh, It does not reflect the reality of. Yeah, if you're policing the first wave, mm, okay, Mm -hmm. that's one thing. You're policing the third wave is a whole different level. And let me ask you and
2: I don't want to go down that rabbit hole, but does it influence what do you mean? how people police? Like a police officer sits back, watch law and order, and he's like, Okay, that's how I need to do it. I mean, because we're we, we we're
1: No, I, I we are here's, impacted. Here's, here's what that has done. What what has happened? Mm-hmm. Is uh, we Dvorak would bring this up regularly. The way um, policing and investigation is portrayed on television, people actually believe you can do. Hey, 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 stop! I see a reflection in the bumper. Uh, uh, zoom in, rotate, enhance. Ah, it's that guy. I got <laughs> it. Right. People, you know, like I used to, the old. Uh, remember the old FBI TV series? It it would always go like this. Yeah. Stop, FBI, bad guy. Pew pew pew. Shoots, FBI. One shot, guys down, done. It was always the same. Uh, so it influences the public as to how they perceive it and what they think is really going on. And I don't think the public mm-hmm. actually understands what every police call can be like in certain areas. I don't think they understand. And how easy it is to dehumanize that situation. It's, I've seen the same with military. And, and I, I guess the question I'm make, making
2: is the way they're portrayed in the media, does that put them on a pedestal that they're above being questioned? Fuck I mean, say, yeah. for instance, Absolutely. say, like, Bill Gates, for instance. Yeah. Bill Gates, he writes, he wrote code or whatever he did. He didn't even really write I mean, really but now, <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying, I yeah, mean, let Dr. me just Bill. give him, yeah, right. But now he's like, if he's that smart, of he, course he yeah. can solve the, the yeah. vaccine problem. Yeah. It's like, no, he can't. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, these things start to shape people's minds. Yes. But... A movie before we get into this next set of clips, I want to point to is Training Day because I think inside the police department, at some level, there's a just clean get just keep the streets clean no matter how you
1: got to do it. I think it's, it's there's a small difference, <laughs> I think it differs per um. Per location, but yes, of course. I'm talking about the interstate,
2: when we're talking about the the major cities with, you know, New York, LA, Chicago, you know, DC, these main cities that have very violent crime, right? And we're not talking about Mayberry here, you know, but so you got to say, you know, we got to fight fire with fire. I mean, it's the mentality they have. We got to fight fire with fire. You know, you're you're the tip of the spear. You know, these are things like, you know, and that's why I said training day. The gods, if people have ever seen that, those are like the city council and chief of police, you know, those kind of people like, hey, you know, just get the job done. Clean up the streets, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that actually exists, not in the fictionalized way, but I think there is. Well, I have proof of it uh, in this next clip. Uh, Members of Masonic police force arrested.
4: Three suspects in California are accused of running a fake police department and put under arrest. Yes. One of the suspects even works for California Attorney General Kamara Harris. I'm 48 Hours Crime Cider's Michelle Sagona. The ruse began in January when the San Diego Sheriff's Office says various police chiefs in Southern California began to receive letters from the Masonic Fraternal Police Department. The letter said specifically that David Henry was now the chief and he was requesting a meeting with each agency. According to a press release, Captain Roosevelt Johnson of the Santa Clarita Valley Sheriff's Office actually accepted a meeting with Henry, Tonette Hayes and Brandon Keel. They showed up dressed in uniforms and said they were setting up shop in the area. All three were arrested and now charged with impersonating a peace officer. The group claims to have jurisdiction in 33 states and in Mexico.
1: <laughs> now, this I remember the story because it was tied mm-hmm. to Kamala Harris. It came and went real quick. It was here and gone. And I remember there were cops looking at these guys like, who are these guys? And they thought they were cops. They even let them into the into the police station, were giving them a tour, thinking they were real. It was nuts. Or uh, were they real? That's that's what I'm that's what
2: I'm saying. I'm mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. when I when I started to question this like Kamala Harris, did she have
1: her own little police a force group? going on? Right. Maybe. Right. Maybe. Like,
2: do it do it off the books. You know, I mean, we always see these special task force. Like, you know, see, damn, Mo, this
1: is so good. <laughs> I think about that so often. I'm like, who are these guys? What is their uniform? What part are they? You know, you, at a certain point, you just see military outfits you don't know anymore.
2: Yeah. And and not to murk and muddy the water. Cause I was just going to make this one statement. I, I, you don't even have to reply if you don't want to. We saw the ambulance that came, picked up George Floyd. (laughs) Yes. Two cops hopped out of the ambulance. Two armed cops.
1: Okay, stop. Stop. I wanted to go there with you, but...
2: I'm just saying, (laughs) we're going to cover it in the... But I'm just showing you. Who the hell were they? I... (laughs)
1: no the reason why is because i i asked this question specifically because i saw that happen Uh too and uh this may not be the case you're looking for they actually were wearing the exact um uh uniforms that that particular county's ambulance service services
2: okay but i mean mean, i'm just that question popped in my head when you see this kind of stuff
1: but they they they, didn't trust me they weren't actually armed they had like uh my, my buddy referred to it as uh EMT nerd gadget stuff like you know holders mm-hmm. for this and a and a little belt clip for that. He he didn't think they were actually uh armed in that. Could be wrong. Okay. Um I mean I, I to these is are the
2: questions that we asked. Yeah. Um we see these guys get arrested and it was one uh involved with Tupac. This is where it comes full circle. Oh. These govern these government he was an agent. Uh his name was Haitian Jack and he was allowed, you know what I mean like kind of like he pops up, he does these crimes, he gets in affiliated, you know what I'm saying with the yeah, with the yeah. criminals but yeah. he's like a quasi police officer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, uh, and it like these FBI agents uh, the guy that, um, I spoke to, uh, Darth 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 hard, well, let, uh, Perry, let, let me, he, he was, bur- he was burning down buildings. Okay. I mean, I'm not, I mean, I'm going to cover him in another case, but but I'll I'll, I'll cut, cut police officers. Yeah, go ahead.
1: Not, e- you don't even need quasi police officers. We'll mm-hmm. just take the FBI as an example. I call it the six, we call it the six week cycle, what they do. And this is really important because this, this makes so much sense when you're saying when you, when you bring this in. Go look at the actual arrest or the affidavits from the special FBI agents when they arrest yet another very low IQ individual who they've been... Rat- the whole transcript tells you. The reports said, well, we 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 saw this guy's Facebook post and we thought he could be radical. Now, instead of going to this guy and saying, hey, man, what are you posting? You need to talk to somebody what's happening with you. Let me just have a chat with you. No, no. What the cops do now and the FBI, I'll just call them cops... Some of these FBI agents is they they start to stoke him up like, hey, yeah, wouldn't you like to blow something up? Yeah, I'd like to blow something. Well, we could get you some guns or some ammo. And then they, long story short, they load up a truck with sandbags, give the guy a burner phone and say, you type this number, it'll blow up. He types it mm-hmm. they arrest him. Save the day, the, the FBI did. And that is completely, I completely believe this com- this is being done in this instance with uh the uh, either the provocateurs or the third wave, who wh- whoever we need. Definitely that is taking place. And and it
2: was another movie. Like I said, I don't want to digress into movies too much, but there was another movie with um I think Matt Damon and uh what's the real the most famous guy in Hollywood? Uh Brad Pitt. It was in Boston. No, it was in Boston. Um he's like a real ladies man. What is his name? Oh, but, uh, uh, ben anyway, ben uh, Affleck? No. Not been Affleck. but anyway, it was talking about Whitey Whitey Bulger. It was that it was that story. Um, and basically they like, we got to take him now. You're the only person that can know about this case. You know that kind of thing. Right. It's like, um, Leonardo DiCaprio. I can't remember oh. the name of the
1: movie, but <laughs> uh, I'll look it up. Keep going.
2: Uh, yeah, but anyway, the I think there are real quasi <laughs> police that kick off certain things. I, I truly believe that in my heart. I can't prove it. <laughs> um I have proof here, I mean, of this group being arrested and they try to make them a crackpot uh group. And, but these guys had official police equipment. Yep. They had a police issued um
1: unholy, unholy and, alliance. I think No, was it name. wasn't that one. Wasn't it that? was
2: No, 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 no. Well, I I, I digress. Like I said, doesn't um, matter. yeah, it doesn't matter. I'm just saying there I think there is if if groups can be infiltrated police departments can be infiltrated too Absolutely. i'm just saying that. that's Absolutely. that's the point i'm trying to make and and then and they muddy up things so let's just get to the
4: second clip of the um masonic police They allegedly believe they're descendants of the Knights Templar and that their group was founded 3,000 years ago. But medieval scholars say their claims are incorrect and that the Knights Templar was founded during the 12th century crusades in Jerusalem. Their mission was to protect pilgrims visiting the holy city and they answered to the pope. Some historians speculate that they were tasked with finding precious religious relics during the wars. The legend of the Knights has been featured in popular Hollywood films like The Da Vinci Code. The Knights Knights Templar. But the temples were created to protect the
15: Holy Land. That was a cover.
4: And national treasure. As for the suspects, police say after serving a search warrant, they uncovered an array of badges, weapons, uniforms, and even police-type cars and equipment at two different residences. A next-door neighbor who referred to David Henry and Tonette Hayes as a couple spoke out to KCBS. I always see them with the uni- with their uniform, so I thought they were part of any chief department. I didn't know it was something fake or... <laughs> On the website, the group describes how they are different from police departments. The site says, quote, We are born into this organization. Our bloodlines go deeper than an application. This is more than a job. It's an obligation. <laughs> Investigators have not determined a purpose or a motive for the organization. Authorities also believe others may be involved, and they're accepting your tips to lead them to other suspects.
1: Yeah, and
2: uh <laughs> and it, nobody asked
1: Kamala about this. Shh shh Ixnay. Um Yeah. I'm glad you brought this angle in. That's so smart. That's so smart. I mean any anything uh Freemasonry, Masonic order, uh is always interesting, of course, mm-hmm. um for so many different reasons. I know Freemasons, uh, obviously I don't think every Free Freemason is part of oh, some no, and, and, conspiracy, and, and,
2: I, and I'm not saying that either because you have to have. I told you in every criminal organization, you have to have the good guy. You yes. got to have the guy that can actually cash yeah. the checks and, that's right. and do the paperwork. You know, you need the, the you need the <laughs> clean guy, and I think that's what
1: that's where they come in.
2: Most uh brother parts of the brotherhood are. I think it's only a small portion that actually pulled the strings and make stuff happen. No, you know, true. like, Oh, we need a, we need a, we need a body over here, you know, to kick things off. Mm-hmm. We need a body. you know, these, and when you start tracing the numbers and the, and the dates and the, um, uh, symbolism, there's a lot there. There's a lot there. Oh yeah. Um, oh, yeah. but then you ask why in this case, what is, what is their goal? What would it be? Their goal with the George Floyd and the other, these things seem to happen like bam, 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 bam. Why? What are they trying to do, Adam? What, what did they write in the streets in D.C. on the yellow brick road? What did they say? What did they write on the yellow brick yes. road? The unofficial message. The official message was Black Lives Matter. What was the unofficial message that was written there in the same color and paint <laughs> unofficially?
1: Shit, Mo. I, I, I've i seen, I've seen. Defund police. I have well yeah, i have seen three uh, Yes, that is that is now what is there defund police in the same exact letters uh and I believe that's now also in austin right. I think they also have and I don't think the goal it, the goal is not is' not gonna be an absent or a
2: void of police there is gonna be the corporatization of police
1: <laughs> yes <laughs> reincorporation it, <laughs> may be a better way to look at it
2: well we we can say that because if we talk about the pinkertons and I didn't, I didn't want the show to be five hours no <laughs> but that's we've okay. seen this before yes we've we have. seen this before we with have. the pinkertons and mm-hmm. how they were a big they are were, they were bigger than the uh, u.s military yep at one time and they were they were ran by who the robber barons
9: mm-hmm.
2: so why, why would they do it again why not uh, a little foreshadowing? <laughs> Why not? Robocop.
15: Yes, yeah, groovy, it's a groovy <laughs> Woohoo! The film is essentially set in the new future with a dystopic city of Detroit that was on the verge of financial ruin. In order for the city to deal with this and the very high crime rate, the mayor had signed a deal with a mega corporation called Omniconsumer Products, giving them control over an underfunded police department. In exchange for the reduction in crime, OCP was to be given permission to gentrify many parts of the city and turn it into a high-end utopia called Delta City. One of the ways that the company was hoping to achieve this was with the integration of a law enforcement drone called ED-209, which was being developed by Dick Jones, the president of OCP. Unfortunately for the company, during one of the demonstrations, the droid malfunctioned and gruesomely killed one of the executives. Seeing this as an opportunity, one of the ambitious junior executives called Bob Morton introduced his own experimental cyborg design, which he called Robocop. And much to Jones's anger, the owner of OCP approved this new concept in light of their recent failure because the private company had ownership of the police force ocp intentionally began reassigning officers into the most dangerous parts of town hoping that one of them would be seriously injured enabling the company to use them as a test subject for the robocop initiative
1: fuck okay what have you i'm (laughs) sure you've already found it where's the lead where are we all right where has it happened where's the where's the robocop corporation one thing,
2: there's there's not a corporation yet, but right after Freddie Gray died, they started using drones in Baltimore. That's right. It's well documented. That's right. What company is that? Who's supplying those drones? Chinese company. I'm just saying. And then... We- follow that up by people are hiring private police squads in detroit
8: for well over a decade detroit has been struggling with retaining their cops in response an avalanche of private security companies have rushed in
0: the reason why you're dressed like this is to be very very psychologically impressive so when they see how you're dressed they think you're serious Because you are serious. After the
5: city filed for bankruptcy in 2013, budget and pay cuts have pushed cops
0: towards better paying police work outside of the city. Clear! Clear, sir. All right. That was excellent. What you're seeing is the beginning of an entire new industry, which is threat management services. We are literally leading the way in a paradigm shift in safe, public, and corporate protection.
1: What what do you call it? What kind of services? Threat management services. Keep that. Write that down. Mm -hmm. Threat management services. This Uh, is good. Let me just lay it up. Where did this come from? (laughs) Tell me where this is from. Where this is from. What is this? This
2: is from Vice on HBO.
1: Vice. Uh Uh Uh-huh.
2: So what we had was an underfunded or defunded police department. The cops are leaving. The good cops are going out to other townships and cities. So they said, uh, we need, we need, we need to uh, hire our own private police. Sounds it, a lot like RoboCop. And, I'm just, I'm just well, saying no,
1: but in I, the same city. <laughs> I like it because, uh, of course the, they'll dehumanize these, uh, these officers because they are not, you know, they're machines. They're hired machines. It's not a police force, but now we're hiring mm-hmm. a company and we set strict rules and they're going to treat them like drones, like, like they're Robo drones, RoboCops. Right. This is until uh, until
2: the actual surveillance comes in. I mean, because then now it's you know you go to a kiosk in the corner. Hey, I need to report something. Blah blah blah. You know what I'm saying? It. it, You always bring up this point with Uber. You say Uber loses money every year, right? You you always you hop on this. Yeah. And we never got to discuss this, but Uber loses money in the front end. They'll make it all back in the back end when they get rid of the drivers.
1: Bro. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's a long game. It's a long game. It's the exactly. long
2: game. It's like, okay, we'll put the drivers in there. People feel safe. Annoying and then it's like, people. Okay, annoying drivers.
1: Right. Oh, geez. Mm-hmm.
2: So it'll be the same thing with the police. It'll be just like, you know, some kind of drone card or drone, you know, I know it sounds far-fetched, but bro. No, it's not. This is the same exact city from RoboCop in 87. Now they're doing the same. Private police due to the underfunded or defunded uh, police department in Detroit. Now. Come on now. Come on.
1: <laughs> come on. <laughs> if you're going to do a come on now, I'm going to do come on, man. Come on, man. <laughs> come on now. Come on, man. It's the same thing.
2: I, I see. I was like, I you're saw so, it. I'm I like, do right. y'all not see this? Yeah, They're not going to go without cops. And guess no. what's going to happen?
1: I'm going to hire the the guys who are the good guys, the company that provides the right kind of policing.
2: Did we not see this with Blackwater slash Z?
1: sure did. Sure did.
2: And then what well, we report? Well, military action is down. You know, we're, we're, we're deploying less troops than ever. <laughs> of course
1: <Yeah>. you are. <laughs> we got private companies doing our, our dirty work for us. Yeah. Yeah by the way, it was the Clintons who first started to use that. Hillary Clinton used a lot of uh, Eric Prince's services. Yeah. She was Secretary of State.
8: Private police, too. Brown says his 60-person Viper force has more than 5,000 private citizens as clients, along with 100 businesses. Altogether, the company brings in about $2 million a year.
0: This is a community that pays us to protect their community 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. No home invasions, no murders, no rapes, and no armed robberies whatsoever have been done here. So police use law enforcement, and what we do is use bodyguarding tactics to prevent predation. Our goal is to create conditions where violence does not occur. We deter violent criminal behavior by projecting Strength. So our vehicles have all white strobe lights. Our vehicles are black and chrome. There's uh, a strong sense that there is a strong uh, organization that's protecting these people. And then we speak to people very respectfully. You have any weapons on you right now? Okay. Walk with me over here, please. And so we have all these different ways of showing that this is just not a good place uh, to be a predator. And it's all nonviolent, and we're growing. So more and more people they want us in their communities.
1: It's all nonviolent. Yeah, oh, it's magic. That's going to work great. You could... <laughs> they, they, because
2: the corporations know they, they're liable. So it's like, hey, be calm. <laughs> you know, don't don't you know? Because you 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 need to continue the business. You know, it, it's it's the parad- that paradigm has shifted. Of now you oh you just gotta deal with police because police is part of the you know, just p- part of fabric of society. Now it's like, oh you can be replaced with a better company. You know, so now and they probably poach the good police off just like private schools of do.
1: Yeah,
9: of
2: course. The same thing. But then what does that leave with the, the, the bad communities, not the bad communities, but the poor communities that can't afford good cops? Well, what's wrong with Raz Shamum? well no Raz is, Raz is a the catalyst
1: i know no I'm just, I'm just <laughs> I know. Saying, thats that's your future you got a kid with a tesla and he's gonna protect you
2: no uh, he's the warlord i know the reason why i'm just saying I, I i agree with what you're saying but what i'm just saying the point i'm making is you're gonna have worse cops
1: oh yeah of course more more uh,
2: uh, more, uh, more, Worst cops and, more ab- and more abundance worse cops and more and more abundance uh, patrolling the streets, have poor interactions, and then
1: you're going to have more crime, more killings. They're going to have no interactions, Mo. They're going to drive right. around with their chrome and white vehicles with huge strobe No, no, lights. I'm talking
2: about in, in, the, in, the, in the poor parts. That's what I'm saying. The poor people are not going to be forward private police. No. They're going to have to still rely on they're,
1: they're the, gonna, the, the, the I poached. <laughs> think they're going to get their own version. I think that's going to happen too, Mo. I think that you're going to see the public side of that will also be uh-huh. corporate-driven. It will, and it, but it yeah, will Yeah, but be, then you
2: get, McDonald, you get the McDonald's of police. Oh, yeah, that'll work out great. It's like, okay, we're paying this guy like $9 I'm, an hour.
1: I'm just, to pre- be a cop. I'm just predicting what's happening. Absolutely. No, you I'm agreeing will get with the you. McDonald's I'm agreeing of the with police you. force. Yeah.
2: yeah. 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 Right. Well, how's that worked out for poor people?
1: It said for nutrition. And no, it's, <laughs> it's, it's par for the course, really, that just the piece we needed to complete it. It's It's horrible. But I think you're spot on, and I'm glad you've taken this, this route. Is sick. This is sick. This is exactly where it's headed. I love I love the Detroit RoboCop. You kidding me? Spot on. So
2: let's just wrap up with the final clip, Private Police 3. I think in areas in Detroit where you have these very affluent communities right in the heart of the ghetto, if you will, um, more and more people are utilizing services like threat management. They've shown up whenever I, I've called them, and in fact their response time is so much greater than the Detroit Police Department that without them, I would not be as comfortable.
5: Private security is booming in Detroit. The largest contractor has reported 25% year-over-year growth since the city's bankruptcy.
1: I had no idea and it's it's fantastic because you hear people make this exact argument saying that oh if you defund the police then all that's going to happen is rich people will get their own private police and then of course what is left over and uh I, i've even heard people saying this they're talking of a federalized police if we're talking about the the people who are not protected by threat management inc
2: yeah i think i'm mean, like i said i think it's just be tears uh, quality you know, you'll have your three, two-star police. You know, your three-star, four-star, five-star, and you know, of course, the the rich people will have the five-star police, of course, and and the poor people will get whatever's left over, and then it will just be more poor, poorly trained people interacting with uh the wave three mm-hmm. people, and then it'll just it just it'll just keep going. It, it's a cycle. I mean, this whole thing is set up to be this way. I'm I. I I don't have the proof like the smoking gun no pun intended but it's clear what's going on here. They want it they want to corporatize police, not not federalize.
1: Um I love the corporatize. I'm just saying that I what we are going to have the the great corporate police and then we'll have the McDonald's of police. I I can see that clear as day. I completely agree with you. Why no one else sees this or why it's not being discussed in that manner? Is I guess it's because you're right. It's being set up, but that's really cynical to have to think that way. Because of course it means it's only for money and for one's own, and screw the rest. It's everyone's completely disingenuous. With this whole thing, you can get rid of police,
2: make a business out of it, which we've seen with private prisons. Uh, I mean, so I mean it's not it's not a far fetched or far leap. No, not at all. Take people guns, and, you know, and then take over the back of the, the ideal places, the inner city, because what did robot cop promise to do? You know, you let us take a show of the police. We'll give you a, a gentrified
1: area. That's right. Uh, a utopia. <laughs> It'll be utopia, I tell you. It's going to be fantastic. It'll look great in the brochure. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I man. hope I'm wrong. Yeah. Well, I hope I'm. I, I pray I'm wrong. Well, I don't think you're wrong in your in your uh in your future casting. I think what we're doing is we're letting people know that's what can happen. And it's an election year, people. Think about it. Think about that guy with the boot on his head. That Vermin Supreme. He's not quite as crazy as the other the other <laughs> two. Trump and Biden got a lot to catch up. Um thank you. This was really good. I this was the one of the best Saturday afternoons I've ever had. I really loved it. Thank you so much, Mo. I appreciate it.
2: I'm I'm glad you enjoyed it, Adam. And as I always say,
1: pay attention to everything and the truth will reveal itself. And we'll be back next week. Remember, uh, you can find us at mofacts.com. This has been Mofax with Adam Curry, episode number 41. Mo, I'll talk to you next week. All right, see you later, Adam. <laughs>